What's up, everybody? We are live on Live Rounds Episode 6 with Steven and I, and uh, got some stuff to talk about. Should be an entertaining show. We're just going to wait to see who's all in here. If you're in here, go ahead and say what's up, and uh, we'll get started shortly. Yes. Diamond Mine just debuted in NXT. I was telling Doug right before it went live, I was like, I wonder if Bobby Fish is involved in this, and... There he was, but there was no other raw underground presence, which I was, uh, I thought that was going to be a part of it. It was like, where's Riddick Moss and Arturo Hurwas and those guys that like just completely disappeared after raw underground. Um, and what even was raw underground at the end of the day? They've completely, they've completely pretend like it never happened. What's up, John? What's up, Mike? See you guys in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Who's all excited about what is it? The diamond mine? Diamond mine. I don't know who that other guy is though. I don't like it's it's Bobby Fish, uh, Tyler Rust, Malcolm Bivens is their manager, and I don't know who the other guy was. I also wasn't paying like super close attention. I just kind of like looked up. Uh, anybody else show him too the much. full the full roster of this? Yeah, who's the other dude? John, that is Stokely Hathaway. Thank you very much. That's what <laughs> he will be known as forever. <laughs> Malcolm Bivens. Yeah, they haven't. They've had no idea what to do. Um. Oh, was so, it Roderick so, Strong? I thought it was Bobby Fish. I was like, it was Roderick Strong. Yeah, I could tell oh, yeah. in the when they went back. My bad. I'm Roderick Strong, not Bobby Fish. I. It was weird. Roddy looks a lot older now. Like he looked older well, with like the. Shaved. He kind of cut his hair. You can tell. Oh, okay. Yeah. That. Uh. That makes sense. I guess. That's how long it's been since I've watched uh, the weekly NXT show. What's up, Brandon? Thanks for coming in. Um, What's up, y'all? So. I'm kind of confused on this, Stephen, because the last time I saw Roderick had basically left NXT, and it wasn't like under really bad circumstances. He didn't get kicked out of NXT; just as like left. So you decide to form this faction so you can beat up the cruiserweight champion. Like that's the main goal. Yeah. Like, what is this? Yeah, it looks like, I mean, we talked about it earlier. I mean, it looks like based on, you know, Fightful's reporting, which is very, very accurate, if I may add. Yes. Um, they, um, it looks like they're going to be, you know, focusing more on the cruiserweights going forward. So this looks like this could be a part of that. I mean, Roddy and uh, Kushida will be really good. I mean, 205 Live has been really good, though. I, I review it every weekend for Fightful on the Weekender podcast. Like, it's 205 Live is actually, like, a really solid show that I'd recommend people watch if you want just, like, a solid half hour of in-ring wrestling. Yeah. Um, but, unfortunately, Kushida hasn't even been on that show since he's been the champion. It's all been focused on NXT. So, um, so yeah, anyways. I mean, I thought NXT was a good show, though, from, like, what I saw of it tonight. I'm so baffled by this company that I, I, you know, I kind of grew up trashing this thing. And uh, 
I've given it chance after chance and I've gone back to it and watched it and I've accepted it for what it is, but like the level of stupidity that the WWE is doing right now, I just can't even fathom. I mean, the first part, like, okay. And it's funny is, is WWE fans even tried to justify to me that like, it was okay for them to pull the Roman and Ray match and put it on SmackDown because they wanted to be with their kids on Father's Day. What? And if that is the case, when you booked that match, did you not realize it was Father's Day on Sunday till Thursday night when you decided to tweet out the change? Like, what is that? Yeah, I have no idea. Like, all, all I'm just completely guessing, but... I mean, we saw Roman Reigns, obviously, like, he he straight up didn't come to WrestleMania in 2020. You know right. what I mean? Like, he could have been, this could have been something for him where he, you know, for him it was more important to be home with his family, and, like, there's really nothing WWE can really do about it. Like, the last time Roman Reigns got what he wanted, like, he came back and he's getting the biggest push of his career, like, and he's killing it. Um, so, Well, and, uh, like, I just thought of this today, like, you know, I'm not saying this will happen, but like whenever you get cancer, there's no guarantee it's gone forever. Like if he were to somehow get cancer again, what in God's green earth would this company do right now? Like, I, this I don't, company I is completely built yeah. on Roman. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about him with his cancer, though. Just injury, in, injury, no, anything. I, no, I know. I mean, like, yeah, he's really the only person they've built, but like, I don't want to get into that at all. No, but, I just I'm just saying like they literally have no backup plan. No, for sure. Yeah. Regardless of however long Romans with the company, yeah, right now they have nobody else, for sure. They, they have no backup plan and like if they did that when if there were fans, like and you bought a ticket and they just decided to pull that off of that show, I mean, I would be furious. Absolutely furious. Yeah, and definitely less in my interest in wanting to watch it like when he wasn't on the show anymore. By far. And then on top of that, you have Bronson Reed, you have um you have Killer Cross on main event. Like I know Cross was on main event. I know Bronson Reed was backstage. Like, what the hell is that? And then you didn't even have Scarlet with her. Main event? Like, is he in a tryout? I, I mean, I just, I just, I'm at such a level of not caring that, like, I don't. I mean, sure. I, I, <laughs> I mean, not, it's not surprising. I'm not. I, I'm a little surprised. I'm a little surprised. Like, this is your champion that you literally have squashed the entire roster, and we're gonna put you on main event with Shelton Benjamin. Like, what is that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Who they never use like Shelton. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know. For for whatever reason, they feel like they need to get a different type of look at carrying cross before they make any. I guess a decision on what to do with them next. I have and no then, idea. And then we're gonna do Scarlet possibly on her own when she hasn't wrestled a match. What is that? Yeah, I mean that's all. It's all, none of it makes sense. None of it. And then you get to the hell in the cell. And I I literally, Bill didn't watch, right? So I'm on the phone with Bill and I'm like, Bill, listen to these finishes, okay? He's like, okay. So I was like, the main event, 
it, you know, they go through table spots. They, you know, they're, it's a pretty stiff match. Even though Drew McIntyre does get slammed on the side, you don't actually see the table break. And then when you go back to the camera, you see a hand pulling yeah. out stuff like, what are we doing here, people? So you have that, right? And then you end a Hell in the Cell match with a roll-up. <laughs> yeah. A roll-up. And, I mean, Bill was like, what? Like, really? I'm like, yes. So then I was like, let's talk about the Rhea Ripley-Charlotte match. I'm like, Charlotte is on the outside with Rhea Ripley. And Rhea Ripley, you know how you take the, the top off of the announcer's table? She takes that and she hits Charlotte with it and they call DQ. And Bill's just like, ah! He's cracking up laughing. Couldn't believe it. And then I'm like, not only that, Rhea's like proud of it. And then like waits to hear her name that she's still the champion. Who the hell's the baby face? Is Rhea a heel? Did I miss that? Is Charlotte a baby face? Like, I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> like, this, this is impossible to follow. And people are just like, yeah, you know, it was, a, it was just an off night. Like, no, they have no idea what they're doing. And so then I heard this lady, um, she's like a, a, co- a comedian or whatever, right? Well, she got booked to start writing for Raw. Never watched wrestling before. And WWE was totally fine with that. And she's like, all I know, listen to this. This is who's writing the show right now. All I know is there's a big black guy named Bobby Rashley or Lashley or something like that. And he was with a group called the Hurt Business who wore suits. That's all this person knows about wrestling? That's all this person knows that she because she's in charge of writing Raw. Like, and it shows. They have no clue what they're doing. Like, unbelievable. So, at least the pandemic is over, right, of no more fans. There will be fans. I'm very curious to see how the fans react to a lot of this stuff. I'm very curious to see how the WWE, if they're going to raise their game, if they're not. Um, The only thing that made sense to me when it came to the Hell in the Cell is Brock Lesnar. Um. I thought would debut because that would be the reason why you would want to give that the main event. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, yeah, there's, there hasn't been Brock at all. So, and then, and then they're hinting at possibly Lashley facing Goldberg. Yeah. I saw Lashley tweet something about who's next. Yeah. Like, does anybody want to see that? Cause I don't. Like no, didn't didn't Goldberg just lose in his last match when he wrestled McIntyre? Yeah, McIntyre, all four minutes of it, you know. Yeah, when you know, like you're talking about Hell in a Cell, the match ending in a roll up. At least it didn't end in a DQ. That happened like a year or two ago with the Fiend and Rollins. Like there was yeah. a D, it was a DQ and a Hell in a Cell match. Like I mean, they they had two Hell in a Cell matches on the pay per view. They had a Hell in a Cell match on SmackDown, then a Hell Hell in a Cell match on Raw. Like it used to be like the feud got to a point throughout like an entire year of like hating somebody and like every other match has happened. And like, there's literally no other options. You got to go to hell in a cell. And now you got four of them within, you know, three days and they just get thrown. I mean, Xavier Woods just randomly just 
the Hell in a Cell match against Bobby Lashley. Wasn't even announced well, that, before the show. That comes across as like USA being upset with with that Fox got a Hell in the Cell and they didn't. So then they're like, "Oh my bad, we'll go ahead and give you this Hell in the Cell." Like, yeah. it, it's just about the title. It's not the match quality or nothing. It's just about like you get a Hell in the Cell. Yeah. And I feel like that's a lot of how things are going now when it comes to these decisions. Is it's like I'm gonna sell you content, right? Like. If I'm a network, I'm CBS or whatever, and the NCA says, look, you're going to get a bowl game. Well, there's 60-something bowl games, however many, but you're going to get one. But I don't even know what bowl game I'm getting, but let's say they'll say you're going to get at least a top 10 bowl game. So it's like, okay, I'll take a top 10 bowl game. Well, that's what it's like now. It's like, well, you're going to get a hell in the cell match. I don't know which one you're going to get, but you're going to get one, you know? Like, yeah. That's how they're selling their product now. It's just, it's ridiculous. Um, before we forget, Mike Jones, I really appreciate you sending in the super chat. Always help, uh, you know, support the channel, and I really thank you for that. Um, any wrestling opinions you had that you no longer do? Um, I mean, like the biggest one for me was probably like how much I hated John Cena, and then like wound up he's like one of my favorite people of the last like two decades at this point. Are you excited about him possibly coming back? I mean, I'm not that it's I'm I'm really hoping when they get fans back that they can create enough buzz that I'm gonna care enough to watch any of it. Like I barely paid any attention to Hell in a Cell. Like like very, very, very little. I um, watched I, I, I scrolled through my phone while it was on TV. That's kind of how I watched it. Yeah, I watched like YouTube videos of a guy catching baseballs. Um instead like that i could have watched whenever i wanted to um it's just because I, I every time i looked over at hell in a cell i was like oh i saw that already saw that already saw that already saw that it's like a bunch of matches i've already seen i couldn't even i couldn't even have my television turned on during the alexa bliss match it was like i just wasn't gonna have any part of whatever magic they were gonna do in that one um yeah and then like the rhea ripley thing was really confusing too like i was because, yeah, I, I well, thought she that, was the baby getting, days. We're getting that match again. And, yeah, I mean, it's just been done to death. And they've all had, like, weird kind of finishes. I mean, when Charlotte, when everyone was upset because they felt like it was should have been Rhea's time. And now Rhea's the champ. And they're doing these weird hokey finishes. Like, it's just, it's it's nonsense. Um, I'm trying to think of something that really I changed my opinion on. Man, I mean, clearly I I went off about the WWE forever and I started watching them again. But I mean, here we are back again. Um, TNA definitely dropped the ball. So I was wrong about that one. Ring of Honor, you know, I didn't I wasn't the biggest fan of Ring of Honor and I really like them. But I mean, they've kind of fallen off the map, too. So it's just comes and goes. I'll tell you one thing. I really didn't like Chris Jericho and I really didn't like edge at the beginning. And then like when Jericho won the title, when he beat Austin and rock in the same night, like that's when it kind of changed for me and edge, he just kind of won me over as when, once he got to pass the rated R superstar for a while. Cause at first I was pissed at him with the whole Matt Hardy thing. But then uh, when he was like feuding with Cena, it was hard to not cheer for edge at that point. So, um, those are probably some of them for sure. Yeah. 
it would take me a while to think of, I mean, there's been, there's been plenty of other like wrestlers that I've, you know, I didn't like that much. And then I wound up like eventually liking and stuff like that. But yeah. Cody Rhodes, I wasn't a fan of Cody Rhodes. And then uh, when he uh, turned heel, bleached his hair, all that stuff, then definitely changed my opinion on that too. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. But like, I think about this too. And it's like, I just remember when pay-per-views were never like dictated by gimmicks unless it was like, you know, the big four or three or whatever. But like, like it wouldn't matter if it was a backlash. You could still get a Randy Orton McFoley match. And it wouldn't matter if it was a money in the bank because you could still get a John Cena CM Punk biggest match of the year match. And now it's like those matches are strictly reserved for big shows. And then your gimmick matches are just some gimmick pay-per-view that means nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Just like the titles mean nothing. Just like titles mean nothing. Gimmicks mean nothing. I mean, a hell in the cell was sacred. What is, what is like one of your favorite hell in the cells? Honestly, I mean, I know a lot of people would say this too, but like the first one still might be the best uh, Michaels and Undertaker, especially with the Kane debut and all that. But the one that I've watched the most is definitely the second one, Undertaker and Mankind, just watching him fly off the cell and through the cell and the thumbtacks and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, there's been a lot of, there's been a lot of good ones though, but most of the ones that like, I really remember like fondly were like towards the beginning. Like, and of course you have like, you know, Cactus Jack and Triple H and that kind of stuff. Yep. Like there was, there was good one, really good ones back then. Even though like the multi-man one, the six man one was good. Yeah. Um, in comparison to like the ones now, especially. Yeah. You know, another one that's really good is Undertaker and Brock No Mercy. That one's a really good one. Oh, from just uh oh, from before when in like two thousand two. Yeah, uh, like Taker had like a cast, and uh, it was uh, it was it was it was a damn good one. Didn't they run that back like more yes. recently? And, and it was, was actually pretty good. Well, Undertaker compared to was, that, like, compared right? To that. Yeah, but it was way better than the WrestleMania match that they had had. Oh yeah, for um, sure, for sure. And that was like the whole point of it. But yeah, yeah. Triple H and Sean. The only thing that I didn't necessarily, um, the only thing I didn't necessarily love about Triple H and Sean was it felt more like a wrestling match than a Hell in the Cell. Like, yes, towards the end it did, but it it was really long too. It was like forty five minutes. So, but see, that's another thing too. Is like Bad Blood became like a Hell in the Cell type pay per view, but it wasn't always guaranteed. I was actually at the Hell in the Cell between Triple H and Kevin Nash. Um, I forgot about that. Mick Foley was the ref. Yeah, Mick Foley yeah. was the ref. And I mean, I just remember something like that where it was like, dude, Foley's in the hell in the cell. He's going to take a sick bump, like, and being excited about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, wrestling has just changed so much. And I don't know. I almost feel like WWE is not built for multiple competition. Like, I feel like that they're so much more built for being the only show in town. And like they can dictate and do whatever they want. Yeah. Well, also with like the gimmick pay per views, it's it's interesting because that initially that was kind of an impact thing, right? Or TNA with oh, uh, yeah. six sides oh. of steel lockdown got way um, overdone. Yeah, I mean it was a badass concept when they first started it, though it was like a full pay per view of cage matches. Like this sounds awesome. Yeah. But then like 
once you see something over and over and over again, and then by a certain point you see, you know, Eel Skipper, you know, walk the cage and do a hurricane run, and it's like this can't be topped. Like, you know, no one can yeah. do something that's crazier than this. Yeah. Um, I feel bad for Christopher Daniels because he drops an elbow off the top right after, and nobody remembers that part of it. But like, he also jumped off the cage, which was still really nice. But, um, but uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I think it's also just a cop-out. You kind of alluded to the writing team earlier, but like when you have these gimmick pay-per-views set throughout certain points of the year, it makes your job a lot easier because you don't have to like mm-hmm. actually build long-term stories and feuds that like culminate after, you know, a long time for one of these matches. They just, it's just like, you know, whatever month rolls around, it's like, all right, we have a month or whatever to build up for Hell in a Cell. And then it's just, you know, it's just not going to ever mean I mean nearly what it what it used to. So Yeah, I I don't know. It's just a sad state of affairs. And I hope I hope AEW doesn't get to that point, you know, like I hope they're get they hold on to their gimmicks and they make them special. I mean, pretty much every lights out match has been pretty damn good. Like yeah. and you know that if they announce it's gonna be a lights out match and it's gonna be like, oh okay, and then like blood and guts, I'm sure will always be a pretty big show. Um, but I'm not a fan of like every year you do a blood and guts and every, like on this date, on this pay-per-view, like make it, make it fit, make it just fit, you know? And I, I feel like WWE now is so, so corporate structured and it's just about filling seats and just getting people, um, more so just getting companies excited about promoting it and not necessarily the fans, not necessarily of what's going on. It's just about getting the rights and Hey, we've got this. And you know, like I can clearly see John Cena promoting SummerSlam while they promote the fast and furious movies. And then maybe like show that Peacock will have fast and furious nine at this date. And like that, is what the future will look like. Yeah. We've talked about that before on here. Like I saw something pretty recently. It had to have been through Fightful Select also. I just can't remember. It was probably from a couple weeks ago. Um, it apparently WWE is going to be doing like themed shows based on other companies that their yes. like, networks are affiliated with. That. So they're going to have like NFL raw or something. For, I'm not like, doing a show. it. Oh yeah. Not watching <laughs> that. I'm just they're, not doing it. We, Cause they've, they've done really lame stuff like that before. Remember when they had everyone dress up in like basketball jerseys and wrestle on raw for no reason. It was like Lakers versus whoever, maybe like Lakers versus Celtics or something. I think it was the last time Mr. Kennedy wrestled for the company. Yeah. Um, but it's like they've tried. I mean, it's just always so lame when they do stuff like that. It'll be even lamer in this like super PG era. Like I can only imagine. I can only imagine like Teletubbies night on on, on WWE. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it's just gonna be. Man. Well, I mean, like, could you imagine like uh, instead of doing like a halftime heat, but like literally doing like on NBC, they break away for like three minutes for like a promo uh, during. Super Bowl, like with just to something to set up a match, or like I could see all that type of stuff. You know what they should do, which would actually be smart for them because they're like straight up just a kid show at this point, anyways. They should do what the NFL did 
and they should do the augmented reality type stuff with like the slime, like they do like when NFL does on Nickelodeon now. That would be genius for kids. Like that would be so genius. If like if you could have an option to watch a feed where like instead of uh pyro, it was like GAC or something, like and you could like interact with it, like that's that's the future of like where the WWE is heading, I feel like. It's it's um and there's a whole other conversation we had about augmented reality in general, because I think that's gonna be like the next huge thing that everybody's like really getting into. Um, but I think wrestling, I mean, because we're seeing it with, with NFL already with like their, the touchdown zone celebrations and all that stuff. I mean, at some point it will be like actually interactive probably where you can probably like from your phone, like control the colors and and stuff on the screen. And like, it'll probably, you know, there's a lot you can do with that kind of stuff. Um, But that's where the WWE, I see like, it's just more and more pushing that direction. Um, which is great for AEW because they can just continue to get the fans like us. And it's yes. like, we have a place to go. The kids got a place to go. And, you know, people, you can watch whatever you want to watch. You know what I mean? Like, I, think about this, though. Like, what if AEW didn't exist during this pandemic and WWE was literally <laughs> the only show in town? I'm not well, kidding. Well, luckily, I mean, the, the, on, the indies weren't as 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 you know there wasn't as much shows this past year because of the pandemic but like luckily there was a lot of really good indie wrestling but like on the mainstream level yeah there would have been there would have been nothing it would have been just wwe really like and then then think about how well the ufc handled the pandemic and how like more popular they became because of it and like imagine where wrestling would be right now if there was no aew like i think that they would be like in really really bad shape yeah it's i mean that's that's definitely possible so it's it's just um it's crazy how timing works out right like and here's another crazy thing too we are two dynamites away for them to be on the road and every show being live and here's another thing did you see the pittsburgh announcement for dynamite and rampage I don't think so. Okay, so like if you buy a ticket to Dynamite, that's on Wednesday. Then you go back to that same venue on Friday. You have to buy two tickets for Rampage. And Rampage is only supposed to be an hour. So this is kind of how things are going to work. Is like if they come to your town and they do a Rampage, like they're basically probably my guess is going to record like an elevation or something like that on top of it. Cause I just can't see you going there for an hour. Right. Yeah. That would make sense. If I think that would make sense if they, cause they're not going to be able to record nearly as obviously as much as they were for elevation and dark and stuff like live, because the fans aren't going to want to be there for like, you know, five to six, seven hour long shows or whatever, if they're there for dynamite, like it worked out well when they were touring. Cause they do, you know, they take dynamite afterwards and it'd be like usually like three matches or something like that. So you didn't have to stay that long. So it, I think it makes sense if they, if they filmed on Fridays, if they filmed rampage and then like just a few hours worth of, uh, of uh, dark. Well, and I yeah. feel like Dark, so I feel like Dark is just going to be no fans at Daly's place, and it's just tryout matches, basically. And then I feel like the Dark Elevation is probably going to be taped with Rampage. That's my guess, how they're going to do it. 
because even Tony said like they're going to do something with dark. It's not going to be as long and it's going to be in one secluded spot. How much like how much cheaper were tickets to Rampage than Dynamite? I don't know, John. How, what were the did you look into that at all? I don't think they've actually gone on sell yet. I think they are soon. OK. That'd be cool because like that gives you options too if they're in your city. Like if you can't make it to Dynamite for whatever reason on Wednesday, you got a second chance on Friday to at least catch one of their shows. Right. And then if you're psychotic, you just go to everything. Yeah. Oh, I mean, a lot of people will just go to both. But yes. Um, Tickets go on sale Friday, I guess. Okay. So. Um, also, uh, just also in two weeks, uh, NXT has the Great American Bash. Which actually looks pretty good, just for the record. Like I saw the running back Kyle and Adam Cole, which you know we've seen a bunch, but it will be good. And they're doing uh, Champa and Thatcher versus MSK, so that should be really good. Um, so I think there was possibly some good matches in a couple weeks for NXT. So I'll give them, uh, I'll give them their credit. They're they're trying to. I think I think they realized that they were backing themselves into a corner with like the fans with the takeover show and everything since then I think has been pretty darn good. So they might be turning the corner a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to me, they just, especially if WWE goes back to normal starting in July, like NXT needs to look the same way. You know what I mean? Like, otherwise it just looks like such a, a product they don't care about. Now, whether that's truth or not, like I still think it needs to look presentable if that's what you're going to do. But we'll see what happens. Um, did you did you see the Money in the Bank qualifiers so far? No, I mean, I, I saw who won the match. I didn't watch Raw. Which but... is kind of surprising, right? Like Matt Riddle beat uh, McIntyre. Drew clean, McIntyre. Clean, apparently. Like, just straight up beat him. That That's pretty impressive. And then um, Ricochet beat AJ, and then John Morrison also won. I don't know who he beat. He but beat Randy Orton. He beat Randy Orton, right? So, I mean, that match is probably going to be pretty good, and the, the crowd's going to be about 10,000. So, you know, like, at the end of the day, this is what I want. I want to enjoy everything, and I want to be able to be excited based on the wrestler and storylines and want to be able to look forward to stuff. On the indies, on mainstream TV, the whole nine, New Japan, ROH, all of it. I want to get back to normal. I want to have crowds, and I want there to be a buzz about guys and just let's get this thing going. And for me, I'm not giving up on WWE because they have so much great talent and they have um, big production. And with crowds, they're going to have to be put in some type of – I don't know. They're, they're going to have to – they just can't pass off this same crap because the crowds will crap all over it. Now, I do think one thing is interesting, though. So I know that at WrestleMania, they did pipe in sound for Hulk Hogan, right? What would make them stop doing that? Oh, yeah. I fully intend for them to always do that from now on, to try to get over who they want over. Yeah. And see, to me, like, that's just disgusting. That's absolutely disgusting. And, like – and this is what I'm worried about just in general in the world, right? You have movies now with no box office. Or if they do get released, but if they get straight to streaming, a corporation can just tell you flat out, like, 
hey, it was a hit. Like people love this movie, and there it absolutely was crap. And no, but nobody would know, right? You go to an event and they'd be like, oh, he's so over on TV. But hey, I was there live. They were booing the crap out of him. <laughs> like, what's going on? But it's like, nope, nope, you didn't see anything here, you know, like. Like, are we really like just getting rid of real emotion and real uh, appeal and just letting these corporations take over everything? Like, that's that's disgusting to me. Yeah, I, but I, I just I mean, they did it for NXT already. Um, no, for sure. I mean, that was. But honestly, like, I feel like they had to because the crowd was just dead. Yeah, I, that was. That carrying cross entrance, I still can't stop like laughing at. Like he was all that hype with like the black and white and her doing the lame ass lip syncing, and then like then it all hits so heavy and like all the pyro or all the uh, the the strobes, and he's in the middle of the ring, just just getting really just hyped up on himself, and just no, just no one's doing anything. <laughs> just everyone just sitting there. Well, like, and you have you have like the literally the best of the best in NXT and then he comes out and it's just not the same. Like people are not viewing him the same. And I'm going to be, I wanted him in AEW. I liked him in TNA. I wanted him in AEW. I thought that he was a big guy that could work. That was better than a swagger or something like that. But this is the problem with big men in wrestling. If you don't push them, it usually doesn't work out. Like, and that is where, we're at with Rusev right now, right? Like you can't just let that guy go out there and work, but not give him a push in a lot but of ways. Cross is getting like a, like a super mega, mega push. ultra push. But yeah. see, that's what I'm saying. They're, they're almost forced to do that because they don't have a lot of big men. And if you're going to make him be a vocal point of your company, then you've got to push him to the moon. And unfortunately that lacks in the ring. And that has always been my issue with big men. That's why Brock got over so much is because he wrestled like a giant Kurt Angle, but he was this massive big man force, you know? You know who looked good tonight that I was surprised is um, that guy who's like the host of the Hidden Treasure show. He wrestled tonight in a tag team match. He's in that group with Swerve. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it was him and Ashanti the Adonis were the tag team. And um, they're calling him Top Dollar now. Like, that's his that's his name, his gimmick name. But he moves around really well for a dude his size. Like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about him outside of that Hidden Treasure show. But, like, and he's bigger than I thought he was, too. I, I've gotten used to seeing him with, like, next to these WWE legends who I forget were so much larger than the guys now that, like, he actually, he showed some promise. Like, I, I think he actually might have a bright, and I'm pulling for him because I liked him on the Hidden Treasure show, so. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I just don't, I don't love it. Um. We got a couple of Super Chats. Let's go ahead and get these out of the way. Uh, Dirty, thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Um, always donating to the channel definitely helps us out. Uh, who do you think Izzy could beat at light heavyweight? I mean, honestly, I think Izzy, I, I do think he's going to go back up at 205 eventually because I just think he's going to clean out the division. Like, I, if, if he gets past Whitaker, I, I don't think there's anybody at 185 that's going to beat him, honestly. Um, 
I do think Till's a fun fight, but I don't think it's an, a fight that he's in a real trouble in or anything. Uh, but honestly, 205, I mean, I think that he would beat pretty much – he has a shot at anybody, really. I mean, I think he would beat Glover. I think he would beat Glover. I think he would – I think if he ran it back with Yon or whatever, I think he he'd have a shot. He just has to work on his takedown defense. Um, I also think it would be interesting too, if like he totally dedicated to moving up to 205 permanently, right? Because if he did that, then it's more of a, a a longer process, but he would probably be able to handle the weight and the strength and all that way better. So I think it's only a matter of time though. Yeah, for sure. And he weighed in, he usually weighs in light at middleweight too. He weighs at like 184 and stuff. He's usually like a couple pounds under what he needs to be at. Like he could easily... Um, you could easily like put on weight and like keep weight on, and it would be different than him just going back and forth between the weight classes for sure. I think, I think, Izzy, like you said, I think he has a chance of beating anyone in the division. Um, like Posca or whatever his name is, uh, Prohaska, yeah, Pros. I think he would beat him because, like, this technical as he is, and as, as, uh, as much as that guy's hands is down and wild style and stuff, I think Izzy would probably pick him apart. Yeah, yeah, I'd probably take Izzy against everyone except for Blahovich in the division, probably. Like, yeah. and I think he could beat Blahovich, but it's it's like one or two out of ten kind of thing. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, Izzy that that is his future eventually. He's already cleaned out his division. He's just going for seconds on like all these top contenders, and and then I think he'll, I think he'll he'll why it'll. I'm assuming he's going to beat Robert Whitaker again, but that is a good that is a good matchup, and the matchup that does need to happen is that rematch. But after that, I think it has to be, be the winner of Darren Till and Derek Brunson, regardless of who wins that fight. One of those two guys should just get the title shot because everyone ahead of them at that point will have already gotten multiple chances uh, for the most part. So, um, so yeah, Izzy's going to have to either just keep fighting the same people over and over for the most part or um, or move up. So Yeah. Yeah. Chris, yeah, Chris, that's a, yeah, that's a this question. is all you. It says, hey, Stephen, and thank you for the for the super chat, Chris. Always, that. Chris. Um, make sure to hit those thumbs ups, y'all. I may as well take a second to remind you all about that. It takes like half a second, and it's totally free, and it helps us out a lot when you hit that thumbs up. Um, it says, hey, Stephen, what game of Dave and Buster's are you a master at that makes all the staff there hate you? LOL. So. So yeah, I um I've been going to Dave Buster's a lot, um pretty much every Wednesday because they have the half off games and the Good game luck that tomorrow. I, thank you. I'll be going actually <laughs> with my I'll actually be going with my dad tomorrow. Um, oh great! Yeah, Clean because else. well because you know because his ribs are still hurt, so like he can't hit golf balls still. So instead of doing a regular thing on Thursday, me and him are getting me out of there tomorrow. And since he knows I've been having fun winning these mini these signed mini helmets at uh, Dave and Buster's, they're gonna look that, at uh, him and be like, "So you're the one that created the spawn of Satan." Yeah. <laughs> well, so I won't I won't talk about this too long, but like this is this is great stuff. So the game to answer your question, the game that I play, it's a basketball game. It's like half of a basketball, like a full size basketball, basically cut in half on a machine. And you just hit it over and over and over again. And it pops little balls up towards a small hoop that's just going up and down. So you're just trying to get as many little balls in the hoop as you can. I'm good enough at it that I can win it every single time on, on like the score. So I'm always getting paid out 500 tickets every time I play the game. So 
there's two sides to the machine. You can play next to each other in like a versus mode. So I, I go on one side. My brother, who's equally as good as I am, plays the other side. So we're just winning a thousand tickets at a time every time we play. Just boom, 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 boom. Now, the evolution of this whole process, though, has just happened because I went on this past Wednesday with my brother again, and we were doing that, and we saw some people wanted to use the machine, so we grabbed a beer and took a lap and let other people play. When we came back, we saw a dude playing both sides and winning the jackpot, oh like both sides gosh. of the machine. So I was like, I saw like from a distance, I was like scouting this guy out, right? And he wins, the, he wins both jackpots. And then I realized that the lights are going off for like all the other games around that machine. This guy was hitting jackpots on all the games. Like it wasn't just like the game that I'm good at. He's good at, I can name him now at this point. He has a YouTube channel. I talked to this dude. He has a YouTube channel. I've been watching his YouTube channel for the last week. I know all the secrets to these skill games now. So I'm going to go clean house on all the games tomorrow. It's not just going to be me sitting at this one machine. I'm going to be hitting... I'm going to be on the basketball game. I'm going to be on the clown throwing game, tailgate toss, um, the, the the football throwing game. I know how to play all these now for like optimal tickets. So, um, and then to cap it off, by the way, turns out this guy is a big wrestling fan and he watched my podcast with Jesse the other week, which was pretty hilarious. Wow. And, and then, and also um, this place knows us at this point because we just keep going oh, in yeah. and we signed helmets and we got a signed Jersey um, a few weeks ago and stuff. And, so when we got there, they straight up, I I can't prove it, but I think they pulled the mini helmets when they saw us because they said that they didn't have any when we went uh -huh. to the prize zone. Mm -hmm. So we were like, we don't have any. That's too bad. So we drove over to the Dave and Buster's. That was like 20 minutes from that one because we have another one in our area. And we went over there and we reclaimed the prize there. And we got the helmet at the other Dave and Buster's and it turned out to be a signed Vikings helmet for uh, John Randall, which is like, I mean... Incredible. So thank you, Chris, for the question. Um, my life for the last week or so has been nothing but Dave and Buster's and, um, and Fast and Furious movies. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for that question. You're a, you're a monster, Stephen. Unbelievable. Appreciate um, it. <laughs> so AW announced that they are going to do a dynamite in New York in a awesome stadium. Uh, this is where they play a lot of tennis matches. It has a retractable roof, but I mean, it's like 15,000. So what is your confidence level that they could sell something like that out? It's obviously going to be a massive dynamite. And who do you think could possibly headline that show? Honestly, as far as headlining it, I really, I really don't know. Um, I do think they'll sell out though. I, regardless of what they do, like I had that much faith in the company and that much faith that people want to get out and go see live events. Like I really think that, especially by September. Yeah. Because at that point, football stadiums are going to be full capacity. So yeah, it's like if you're willing to go to a football game, you should be willing to go to a wrestling show. Yeah, and, and honestly, I think I think it would be really cool. I don't know if they'd do it, but it's New York. Kingston's over. Like, if you got Kingston a title shot, I think people cool. would go nuts for that. Mm, that really is playing to the local market. Um, yeah, but if, if they, it's like Kingston and Kenny, who's like who they can market really big time, you know what I mean? Like that. That, and then you have I a big like undercard. You, I feel like you you'd almost have to give Kingston the title at that point. 
I mean, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't think that I necessarily would, I mean, but I think that'd I mean, be a hell of a at, moment. Look at, Goldberg, look at Goldberg yeah. and Hogan, right? And yeah. Goldberg won, though. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's just like, if you're going to do something like that, then I think the hometown guy has to win. I mean, they could even do like my favorite moment in Nitro history where you know, like Luger won over Hogan, but then dropped the title like the next week. Like, you know. So Eric is an AEW hater. And this whole cheap ticket price thing, like how much do you think that the reason AEW sells tickets is because the price is cheap? Like how much of a factor do I think that is yes. for most fans? Uh, I mean, I think most of the fans would probably go kind of pretty much. It doesn't hurt that they're cheaper, but like, I mean, I think I would go regardless. Exactly. And so. I mean, that's, that's the way I feel too. You're like, you've made the decision to go, like you're going to go and yes, if it's cheap, but it's not super cheap. I mean, if I get two tickets on the floor to AEW, I'm looking at like 220 bucks for two tickets. That's not overly expensive, but I mean that's that's kind of what raw is. Raw isn't overly expensive either. But here's a good example. Like I didn't want to pay like two fifty to go to Impact. No, you know what I mean. No way. No way. That was the case for like the Nashville show. I saw those tickets and I was like, yeah, I'm good. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you don't want to pay two fifty for Kenny Omega and Sammy Callahan. Dude, that's a whole other conversation, and man. Like Saban, Saban and Moose, like that's just so different that that I didn't expect that. And also, I don't necessarily like. I do appreciate the Ultimate X matches, but like you're taking a lot of really good names off the card all in one match, which means you kind of got to put the filler in the other part. So it is what it is. Um, but what if it's something like Kenny and Adam Page for the title? I think that would be, I mean. And, like, you know it's probably going to be Adam's night. Like, they've been building it forever. Like, this has to be a pay-per-view, like, type show. I just don't know. Like, I just, I personally just don't want to see Kenny lose the title that soon. But. I I don't either. But, like, I but I do think, I think probably the biggest main event they could do, like, if I take out the fact that it's New York, just, like, objectively, I think the, the the matchup that most people want is Hangman and Kenny, and they want to see Hangman win the title. So, like, I now, mean, does that, Hangman does Hangman need to join the Dark Order in your opinion if he wins the title? No, not necessarily. But I don't. I wouldn't mind if he did. I don't want it to happen. I really don't. And I and I, I feel like the dark the Dark Order is kind of. Uh, I don't know. They, they just don't have a lot of direction right now. They lean on Hangman for everything. And I did you notice too, like when they brought up Kenny on uh, the last Dynamite, and Adam was kind of like apprehensive about talking about Kenny. Like yeah. they're already starting it. Like it's. Mm-hmm. I, I like that. I, I'm always big on like being able to move on from something, but still always have it in the back of your mind, right? So, like, if Cody and Kenny bumped into each other and just kind of looked at each other, like, do we have a problem? Like, that is perfect because you need to reference the history, right? And I think that's what kind of sucks about, like, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly right now. Yes, they do somewhat talk about it in the buildup and stuff, but, like, they're really acting like these guys have never wrestled that much before. And, like, 
we've seen it over and over and over and over again. So I don't know, but I, I I do I do think it's important to acknowledge the history between some somebody, especially long term feuds. Yeah, no, I agree. I think AEW is really good about that. I mean, even you can even look at just like the best friends stable. Like those are that those are all people that were linked together by like their time in the Indies, and like they just AEW just puts it on TV. Like it's, I mean. What's that say? I feel like the Dark Order's lost a lot of steam, says Bears Bound. I I mean, I yeah. There's two but... things. Uh, Silver got injured, so that, that didn't help things. And, you know, Brody passed away. Yeah. Those two things definitely were a big hit. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, like... Anna Jay got injured, too. Yeah. Um, I mean, Brody's the big... I mean, they're still recovering. They're going to be recovering for that for a while. But, like... And then that's the other thing, too, is... I don't know if giving them a new leader is a good idea or they should do, or if it's a bad idea. I, I really don't know. Um, negative one is technically the leader now, but like there's only so much you can do with that. But I think he does really, I think he does great on the show when they use him, like the sparingly that they do, like when he shoved the referee a couple weeks ago on, I think it was dark. And I was like laughing my ass off. Like I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, so like, I, I mean, but that that also, yeah, Silver being hurt, he's the guy, he's one of the guys they're really leaning on right now, and they're gonna have to hype him up more when their uh, their action figure series comes out. So I mean, like, they're yeah. that's I I'm not really worried about the Dark Order to be honest. They just have to figure out ways to. I'm not worried about them. I'm almost worried that they're gonna overpush them because, mm-hmm. like, to me, it's like when it comes to talent on TV, I want the best. And I don't feel like the Dark Order is the best. I feel like they have some fun gimmicks and they have some funny segments and they have some good matches, but not all of them do. And uh, like I didn't, I didn't think Evil Uno was ultra impressive against uh, Miro or anything like that. Um, I don't know. I the, I only like a certain few of them, and I there there's just way too much talent on that in that company for for the dark order to get the big push you know what i mean yeah i mean i'm the reason it doesn't really bother me is because they've only positioned a few of them as like like i think uno and grayson as a tag team are just as good as like pretty much any of the other tag teams on the roster like them together um i feel like that they really did them a disservice though when they were brought in because they were called the dark order and then they were also part of a group of the dark order and it was just like a big mess. Yeah. And so then it's like they're no longer the Dark Order because they're part of the Dark Order. And everybody knew them as the Super Smash Brothers. And so, like, I just feel like that they need a tag team name. They just can't be called the Dark Order because you already have the Dark Order as a faction. It would be like having the NWO and then here's the NWO. Like, yeah, that that's confusing. Yeah, yeah. I get that. And then all, they clearly have big plans for Preston Vance. Like, he's going to be figured into their future for sure. Yeah. Um. So, and I I, and I think the verdict's still kind of out for him. But he's still pretty green, you know. You're, you know, but it's, it's – he has he definitely has a look of, like, a pro wrestler. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. And that's part of the issue, too, is, like, I like the Dark Order more than – like I, people who watch being the elite are more likely to like the dark order a lot more than people that don't because they're, they're so different on that show than they are on dynamite, which is a little strange, but 
because it's one thing where like you can't have you can't have ten snorting coke on TNT, but like, but he does it every week on being the elite. You know what I mean? The guy's like a giant coke head on this one show, and then like on TV, it's like he's not like that at all. You know, it's like it's kind of confusing if you watch both, but but they're so much funnier on on the on the YouTube show. So yeah, I don't know, but. I, I think Hang. I mean, I think it's inevitable that Hangman Page is going to beat Kenny Omega for the title, though. It's just a matter of like, does he do it like in September? Does he do it next year? Well, like, what worries me is that Kenny's pretty beat up, from what I hear, and so like, I, I feel like everything might get rushed through because I don't feel like that he's had the title reign that he could have because partly because of COVID, right? Partly because of the pandemic, and they kind of like put things on pause, and second. I don't think he's wrestled as often as I think he should. Um, but if he's beat up, then that's understandable. So I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. If he's beat up and they just have to speed the process up. I mean, Hangman, Hangman is the one who should beat Kenny for the title. Um, so, I mean, it seems like to me, what you would do is you would do Hangman and then you would do MJF. Like those, those two would probably make the most sense. I think though the problem is is you got to each give them a pretty lengthy reign. Um, I think you could even throw Darby in that mix. He's he's definitely over, um, especially dude when crowds start coming back and stuff. I mean yeah. it's it's going to amp up big time. And that's another thing too that's like it's a, it's really going to be how the crowds react to some of these guys. We don't know. We really don't know. So um, I'm looking forward to it, man. Like July. It's going to be insane for me. So, and, and the, the great thing is too is those were announced as Fighter Fest. So, night one and night two, and I'm going to both. So, yeah, that's awesome. Sick. Yeah, hopefully you get it. Hopefully you get a live Sting match. Yeah, you never know, right? Yeah, was, no- I'm trying to think of like how things are going, like what I could possibly get, and they keep booking the matches beforehand, right? I'm like, oh, maybe Sammy MJF. Oh, oh, never mind. And then it's like, oh, maybe FTR versus Pride and, and Powerful, right? Um, but but we'll see. Because they did that video package on them that was pretty good on Dynamite. I'm hoping Andrade. I'm hoping Andrade faces somebody on one of those shows. What did you think about the uh, the Jake Hager and Wardlow MMA fight on Wednesday? Or sorry, on Friday. What, what do you think I thought of it? I think you probably didn't like it that much. I think you're you're correct. Yeah, I didn't think it was great, but I thought it was a lot better than like it's better WWE's than a, versions of this stuff. There but. were like if that was in Japan and pancreas, you might be able to pull it <laughs> pancreas, off. Pancreas, pancreas, yeah, it, pancreas. If that if that was like in in Japan, you might be able to pull that off. Yeah. But I, I don't I don't think that that there were moments where you know okay, but yeah, it was goofy. Like stop doing stuff like that. Yeah, I get, I get, and a lot of it too is like they're just trying to get by, right? They're just trying to get by this this nightmare. And I mean, we're two weeks away. We're two weeks away. So, yeah, and and then after that, it's just dynamite is can't miss again, and everything is going to be uh, much better. And the haters can shut their mouth. Yes, AW rules. This is next super chat. Who is the first 
high flyer who's, who've ever seen in wrestling. He's the worst. Oh, the worst. Sorry. Um, whew. I'm trying to think. Man, Dirty, you're asking some tough questions tonight. Aaron. Let's see. Um, Who always I'm, messed up? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to think of, too. And I'm trying to spare, like, current indie guys because, like, they're – a lot of those guys are going to get better that, like, I would – Right. Wanna, yeah. I would say, like, one that, you know, we did like that we talked about, but, like – Elix Skipper, he always messed up almost like <laughs> once a match. Like, you know, <laughs> he was dope, but he always messed up. You know who I uh, – this one, it, it, it pains me to say it, and the chat probably won't agree. Sin Cara, a lot of people. That's like, a good That's a good option. The, like, the original uh, Mystico, Sin yeah. Cara. Um, honestly, and uh, Sabu. I mean, oh dude, my God, constantly wow. messed up. I mean, like, wow. but he, he bought, but he botched everything. You like, son of a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I was entertained by him. Like I was a Sabu fan, but like, I knew, I knew I was getting like a 50, 50 coin flip of him, like being able to actually do the triple jump moonsault or not each match. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, he didn't care. Right, like he just, right. would, and if it didn't work mm. out, it was like, oh, well, oh well, you know. You just pick the chair up and throw it at somebody's head if you if you messed up. So, um, yeah. Oh, the MMA fight, super cringe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Mm, whatever. Yeah. So, did you hear that Meltzer said that he thinks that um, Tommy in Alistair Black is is pretty much heading to AEW. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's true. I do too. I mean, to me, I, I only see two options, honestly. Either goes back to the E or he goes to AEW. So, yeah. and that's, I mean, to get Andrade and Aleister Black is such a huge get for AEW that should have never happened. Like, those ones you're going to, they're going to look back and regret those ones. Those ones are going to hurt them. Yep. What I did agree. you What did you think of Andrade's uh, promo? I thought it was good because they made him seem like a big deal, like right off yeah. the bat. You know, that was important. And I also I talked about it last week or the week before about how I was hoping that Vicky Guerrero, like her involvement with Andrade, would have to do with like her being close to Eddie and him her being able to like pass down some of the things she learned from Eddie to him. And that seems like the route they're going based on what I've heard so far, like from yeah. the promos, which I, so, and then they're also teasing uh, the debut of someone else with them. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. They got a surprise. I bet everyone thinks it's Zelina, but like, yep. um, I mean, that'd be cool. It makes sense. I wonder if Zelina would rather just work with her husband. Like just her and Alistair be a like an item on screen. Yeah, I mean they that that'd be fine too. Or they because they could totally repackage uh, Thea Trinidad however they want to. But right, um, well, and they're kind of into the same style, like fashion wise, or you know whatever you want to say, like gothic type stuff. Like I think that they could pull it off. Yeah, I'm I'm just looking forward to him debuting in AEW. I think that the right time would be. I mean, if not him, I mean, they're going to have to have some big surprises for that big stadium. Is it a stadium? Big arena stadium? It's a stadium. It is a stadium. Yeah. Um, 
so they're going to have to have some surprises for that for sure. But um, I, I mean, think- there is a guy named Daniel Bryan. Like, who yeah. knows what? Like, if you were to do Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, you could sell that place out, in my opinion. Yeah, that'd be huge. I mean, that would be that'd be absolutely massive if they were able to pull that, or even if they could get CM Punk, which I'm not like that's not what I hope happens. But um, yeah, that would that would be a big one too. Yeah. Um, people in the chat has Roman mentioned Daniel Bryan lately? Like, because I know that he kind of did when he left, but it seems like he's kind of stopped. And then if they move on to Cena, like, I don't know. I'm just saying. The, the the hope is still alive. Yeah. I mean, I was really hoping Samoa Joe was going to not go back. But yeah. but, but I, I think that Strowman will wind up going back for less money. I really do. I think there's going to be a lot of these guys do wind up going back for less. But I don't think Alistair Bice will be one of those guys. There's John. He's keeping the hope alive for me. I'm telling you. It I ain't over. I of uh, Daniel Bryan. Yep. That's good. That's good for us. It's good for our hope, I guess. Yep. I want the final countdown. I want to hear yeah. it on AEW. Um, yeah, that would be sick. You know what? Honestly, and I, we we hadn't talked about this yet. Um, did you watch the China documentary? No. Was that like a Dark Side of the Ring episode? That No. So what it was is Dark Side of the Ring is on hiatus, and they just literally did a two-hour documentary on China called oh. China. I didn't realize that. I knew they were on the hiatus and then I saw people. I thought the China thing was maybe like next season or something. Okay. I haven't watched it yet. So, um, it's awful. It's, it's absolutely dreadful to watch that. Like the, how far she fell and how desperate she was for love and how much footage they have of her in her last years. It's mm. just, it's brutal, man. Um, and honestly, if I'm Braun Strowman, I'm watching that and thinking, you know what? She quit because she wanted like uh, like $1 million a year. And if she'd have just took 500000 she probably would be much, much happier. And she left on principle and it didn't work out for her. And sometimes you got to swallow your pride and just take what you can get and see if you can earn back that money or whatever. Like, I know it's not fair, but that's probably the best situation for you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I didn't know like China lived in Japan for like four years. She just literally packed up and like lived in Japan. She became uh, like a Mormon. She hung out with like uh, missionaries. She like basically she looked for like anything that she could like cling on to that would accept her because she had nobody. Like after wrestling, she had nothing and she had no money. And then this um, this manager guy basically promises her the moon and the stars. She comes back to the States he forces her into doing these conventions. She's uncomfortable. The guy that is do that, that is directing this documentary of basically like on on the road, like to bring back China type thing, right? He does heroin, mm-hmm. and so like he's like shooting it up with her in the hotel rooms and like totally bad influences. She actually goes to WWE headquarters with this nutcase and 
talks about how she's trying to get back in and they tried to like get a meeting with Vince or Triple H or somebody to let her back in the WWE. They won't talk to her. They kick her out. And um, I, I, I don't know. Maybe it was meth, heroin, meth, whatever it was. But the guy basically is like, it's really bad. But um, but yeah, it was just it was just really sad. And uh, and and like the guy's like she she ends up firing this manager and he basically claims like I'm not just your manager I'm your soulmate like it got weird and then he like promised the mom like part of her ashes but he kept part of her ashes and like he still has them like it's just really like she went from being this this massive star to just completely falling off and I remember her on Celebrity Rehab because I don't know if you ever watched that show, but it was like very brutal. I just remember that one. I remember that episode because of X-Pac and how bizarre that whole thing was. Yeah. Well, they had that, but that was that they did the, that reality show where X-Pac would show up and all that stuff. But Celebrity Rehab, like Dr. Drew came out and I'll never forget this. He told each of the cast members, like, some of you are going to die. Like flat out. And I'm like, damn, that's pretty. But he was right. Like literally somebody from that show every year died. And she was one of those that like constantly said she never had a problem. I don't know why I'm here. I don't have a problem. I don't know why I'm here. This is a waste of my time. And like never took it serious. And she did have a problem. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's brutal, man. Like it, it's really sad. And like, I mean, she she had nothing. She had nothing. She didn't have a, a dime to her name when she died, dude. Like, and no friends. She hadn't talked to her mom. She hadn't talked to her sister. Like, nothing. Just gone. Yeah, that's sad. I mean, she was, <coughs> she was, for people who don't, people who might be, like, newer to wrestling or got in after, like, the Attitude Era and stuff, like, it's hard to really understand how insanely over she was at her peak. Like, it wasn't even that weird that she was like the Intercontinental Champion when she was. Like, no, as, as, not like at all. A, you know, like, and that's especially talking about back in this like '99 or whatever when she was the champion. Like, like this was well before the uh, Divas Evolution and all that stuff. Like, this is like a woman during Braun Panties era who's gotten yeah. over so big to the point where they put the second biggest men's championship on her. Like, yep. and, and like I said, and you disagreed as well. Uh, you just agreed as well, not disagreed. You just, just agreed as well. Like it's like, we, I mean, even fans back then is uh, like us, like, like it wasn't like, it was just trying to like deserve, like she deserved it. Like she was one of those over people. In the I whole remember show. when she was in the Royal rumble and it felt totally normal. Yeah. Like, 100%. yeah that's fine. Yep. You know, and then like triple H was upset that she had his title and he's like, you know, calling her names and stuff. And it was like, she seemed like just as so much of a threat to Triple H. Like, it didn't seem like he could just go and do whatever he wanted to her and, and beat her at any moment. Like, she yeah. was a reliable, believable threat. She was also introduced as a bodyguard, too. Yep. It was like, she came in to protect Triple H. And, and they, said that, they said that Vince really hated that idea. And that Triple H and Sean really fought for that. Like, it's going to work. And he's like, it's not going to work. And it worked. So, yeah. Her entrance, it, her entrance was, with the with the gun, too, was, like, epic. Like, and no she one, was the ninth yeah. wonder of the world, right? So, it's like, the she was, like, 
she wasn't Andre the Giant, but they made it out like this is the female Andre the Giant. Like that's right. kind of how like they booked it, and uh, yeah. and it worked. Like she, I, I'm glad now they're making action figures of her, and I'm glad now that they're not so embarrassed about her. And it does show like Triple H did the the Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast on the network, and Stone Cold brought up China, and Triple H was like. At the end of the day, like, you know, my girls can go Google her name and find out what she's done. And we just can't have that. And that, like, devastated her because then she knew that, like, she's never going back there. She's never going to be in the Hall of Fame, like nothing. And she didn't live much longer after that. So, well, the sad thing about that, too, is like I get their position on that with it being a PG show now and everything. But there's a lot about the past of a lot of the wrestlers. Like, it's not just her. Like, I, I mean, granted, was she doing some stuff that like, well, here's the other side of it, too. In like today's society, it's weirder to say also because like you have stuff like OnlyFans and stuff that's so normalized now that like it's not really that like. I feel like at this point, like if this if that happened to her now, like like more recently, like all the issue that that China, like all the controversy, she probably would have been seen as like like strong, and independ- yeah, like strong and independent for like living her own life how she wanted to live her life, and it wouldn't have been like frowned upon so much. Well, not um, only that, she would have been way more respected as like a trendsender like that that totally changed the game of not being your typical female body or anything like that like she is now like a lot of people look at her like that so um she was way ahead of her time that's for sure sean with a good example and i feel like single anybody out but like he mentions page like oh. i think I've, I've i've seen i've seen a lot of the page stuff i've seen a lot of the china stuff i I don't think that like China was doing anything, anything worse or crazier or less embarrassing to the company than, than what got out there for Paige. The only difference is Paige, like that was leaked. Like, like China, like did porn, like to like, as a, as a career move, like right. new people were going to see it. So like, I sympathize with Paige cause like she didn't want the world seeing that stuff, but like, but it's like if Paige, if Paige didn't have Twitch, right? If Paige didn't have another way to find finance, right? Like she might have found into the same traps that China was in. Like that's the sad thing that China didn't have a lot of options back then. Like, right. and and she was just looking for acceptance. So all of a sudden, this porn company calls you and talks about how great you are and how big of a star you are. And it made her feel good. And it, it's easy to get her to do something like that when she probably normally would have never done it, you know? So um, it, it's very good to me just in general that there are other ways for these uh, wrestlers, fighters to make income now, whether it's a podcast, whether it is um, Twitch, OnlyFans, whatever, Cameo, like uh, cons, appearances, uh, there's all sorts of stuff now where there there is hope. Like, honestly, if China was still alive today, she could do cons, she could do indie events, she could do all sorts of stuff and, and make money. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I also remember China's like very brief TNA stint yes. too. Like, well, and apparently she had a pretty brief uh, New Japan stint. That that's pretty interesting that they go over in the documentary. 
Um, and a lot of guys did not want to work with her because in Japan, like losing to a woman is no, you know what I mean? So, um, I don't know. She, she, she definitely, she definitely deserves her, her spot in history. That's for sure. Yeah. I think she's an underappreciated, uh, part of, of honestly the biggest era ever of wrestling, like the most popular wrestling ever was for the WWE. And she was right there in the middle of it. As well, you want to know what's dope is they're doing the um, legend series, you know, the WWE legend series figures and target. Mm-hmm. And they're redoing the entire DX um, when they were on the, the army going to invade WCW oh, and China, cool. China's part of that. So that's cool. She's definitely going to be more remembered now than she was ever before. Is there off topic? Well, kind of on topic, but now you have me thinking. Is there a uh, like an elite of Shawn Michaels in the what was the match when he wrestled uh, Ken Shamrock and like those yes. really badass with the, the with the green the green hearts? Yeah, it's a ringside exclusive. Uh, okay, yeah, that's like that's probably my favorite like year ever. Like huge fan of that. Um, that's from the DX pay per view, the In Your House yeah. pay per view. That's right. Yeah, that had, that had like Stone Cold and The Rock. That had Triple H and uh, Sergeant Slaughter. My, that was good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's too bad about China. I was a fan. I was definitely a big fan, and I felt bad for her too. Like the older I got, the worse I felt for her whole situation. Um, yeah. So, oh, it's just such a weird situation. Like, imagine. You know, Triple H was in such a serious relationship with her, and then he moves on with Stephanie. But then X Pac comes in, like that's one of your best friends. Like that whole thing is just weird. And they're all doing drugs together and, and doing just, porn, doing porn together. The they're doing porn. Like that is just that's so crazy. You know, sometimes reality is the wildest. Like stories you'll ever see is what actually really happens. Yeah. Like, did yeah. you watch? Did you watch the Dynamite Kid one, the yes. Dark Side? Yeah, man, that was troubling. Yeah, it's just there. I mean, I'm not. I'm not putting blame on him for the Benoit stuff, obviously. But like, there's a lot of parallels there. Like, you just see, like, when I saw so much of that, I was like, this is pretty much like the same thing wound up happening to Chris Benoit. Only, obviously, he the murder suicide is like the worst thing that's ever there's happened. Two, like, there's two wrestlers that when I see wrestle immediately dynamite kid style pops to mind is Chris Benoit is Davey Richards. Yeah. Both of those have totally mimicked that style. Yeah. But, and you could just see like, just, yeah, his, the way the dynamite kid's body went out on him. It just, it's just really unfortunate. Similar, I mean, in a different way, but it's kind of a similar story almost to Brian Pillman. Like, you know, Pillman has, like, the big injury, and he can never wrestle the same again, and it was all downhill from there. Um, Dynamite Kid just beat the hell out of his body and just wound up in a wheelchair in his 40s. Do you ever feel guilty as a fan, like, now that you see the overall impact and, like, like, maybe not – taking the situation as seriously as you should have, you know, like, cause like for me, Kurt Angle, like he's hurt every day now. Like his body is in so much pain and he talks about it and he can't take painkillers. And like, he wakes up in pain, he's beat up, 
But boy, I was happy he decided to wrestle at WrestleMania with a broken neck. You know what I mean? And boy, I was happy he did moonsaults off the cages and all this other stuff. But it's like, it's like, man, like he sacrificed so much. And like, I know that, that he thought he was doing what was right, but it's like, that's probably not going to turn out to be a, a, a good story in the end. You know what I mean? It's, I mean, I, there's definitely certain people like Chris Benoit. Like I don't hardly ever watch any of his stuff. Like I just yeah. hard for me to, because I feel like I contributed to it in some way, shape or form by like watching him do that to his body and over, over in his head more specifically. Right. Every time I watch the guy do a head butt or get hit in the head with a chair or something, it's just like, and then you just know what happened. It's just hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle, I don't feel quite as bad about him, just mainly because, like, he was a competitor. He was an athlete. That was like how he like. I th- I don't if it wasn't if it wasn't in pro wrestling, he would have went just as hard in MMA. He would have went just as hard in anything else he did in his life. I think. I, I think that's just the way that Kurt Angle was wired to just be going one hundred and ten percent at all times. Yeah. Um, but I mean, do I feel bad seeing the way he hobbles around now and stuff on his hip and stuff? Like, of course, you know, I don't like skinny, seeing that skinny arms now it, too. Is atrophying, yeah. yes. Um, and and that is that's I mean, I don't like seeing that, but I also think that once again, like that's just the mindset of a guy like Kurt Angle. Like, it wouldn't have mattered what he did; he was just going to go hard as hell at it. But then Agreed. you have guys like then you have guys like McFoley who like, it's really hard to like watch him moving around and stuff. And he just looks so much older than he actually is. But well, did you watch the, did you watch that interview last night? Like last night. Yeah. Stone cold, stone cold did one with him last night after the pay-per-view. And he asked him, it was it worth it. And Foley had to pause for a bit, man. Like he he didn't just immediately say like, absolutely. So he yeah. said it was, but you could kind of tell he almost felt like forced to say it because of Steve. Um, so it, yeah, it's it's tough, man. But but for someone like him, though, like unfortunately, we, he like he he would not have ever hit the levels he did in that company if he didn't do that stuff. Totally like, agree. Like we would have never just had Mick Foley, the the chain wrestler. You know what I mean? Or like like it just that's how he got as big as he did. It just that was the seesaw of it. It was the, it was the risks he took to be, I mean, when you talk about the attitude error, once again, I mean, I honestly think, I mean, you obviously have, you have stone cold, you have the rock who are like definitely one a then one B. And then, I mean, honestly, right after that, like it's debatable that Mick Foley is like the next guy on that list. Yeah. You know, I mean like, but he's not, just, he's not in the conversation. Poor. If he wasn't was doing just... all that crazy stuff. It was just a, such a short amount of time. The like, same with Austin. Austin yeah, was only on top for a short time. Yeah, I mean, and it's like when they hit their peak, that's when they almost started to know that it was about time to to slow it down because it's almost over. Yeah. So. So yeah, I mean, of course, I don't like seeing these guys in pain and stuff when they're older, but and I but I feel the same way about like ex football players and stuff too. Yeah. Like you, there is there is an inherent risk in these sports and stuff when you get into it that you also have to consider, but you're also getting paid a lot of money like to perform in these, in these sports and in wrestling and stuff. So it's like, there's definitely a balance I understand for all of it. Um, Are there ways that these guys could probably be like set up better for their future? Yeah, probably like there's probably ways that unionization would probably help, but there's probably ways that um, 
you know, how like uh, veteran players and, and veteran wrestlers and companies should get some sort of like compensation going. But, but the thing is, honestly, like in wrestling, I just read something about, I don't know if it's accurate or not, but I read something about Scott Hall makes six figures a year just on NWO royalties. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that's a pretty damn good future for a lot of these wrestlers. Like you get those WWE uh, legends deals. And if you were something pop, I'm sure Steve Austin's probably still making serious money off of all his, off his stuff. Yeah. I mean, so there's that side of it also too. I mean, so. Well, and I mean, that's just, it just depends on where you leave your mark in wrestling, right? Like, I mean, if you have this long career, then yeah, you probably will make a lot of money in royalties. But if you just, you know, weren't, or you were the, you know, let's say you were a TNA guy for the, your whole career, like probably not, you know what I mean? So it just depends. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure AJ's like, yes. like really wishes he would have won the WWE a decade before he did. But I, I bet you like when he's done, he'll have a Twitch channel. He'll make money that way. He'll do oh, appearances. Sure. Like he'll be at wrestle cons. Like he'll be fine. Oh yeah. He'll be fine. And, and he'll, he'll, he was popular enough during his run that like his merch is still going to sell and stuff after he's gone and whatnot. Yes. I mean, so, um, speaking so of him yeah. though, man, like what a, what a sad year. Like this is like not what I wanted for him. Like this is the last year of AJ styles and like he's lost six matches in a row, six really? singles matches in a row. He's not involved in anything meaningful except being the tag team champion that he, I mean, I I hate it. Like he should be having like dream matches and big pay per views and all that on his way out, but that's not what's happening. No, like speaking of Kurt Angle, that was what they did to him too. They just had him like losing to just like Baron Corbin and then and with his own moves and stuff. Yep. Like, or yeah, he lost to Drew McIntyre in an ankle lock. I was like, oh god. Like, Didn't he like lose to Dolph Ziggler and stuff like that too? I think, I, he like he like beat Chad Gable, I think, but it was like a five minute match on Raw or something. Like, yeah, just him and Samoa Joe. I think went at it when something like that too. Like they were trying to like get him in there against all of his like old rivals and like dream matches, but they waited like two years too late to do it. Like they could have done it right away. Like right when he came, came back to the company for the hall of fame, yep. they could have just done dream matches and it would have been great. But instead they made him a part of the shield. They made him the general manager. And then by the time they actually put him back in the ring, he wasn't anything like he used to be. Yeah. Well, and the, the problem was too, is for him to still be like as good as he needed to be, he had to be active and they didn't right. make him active. So he was like slow and, I mean, I remember that Baron Corbin match at Mania, and, like, when he did the moonsault, I was worried he was going to land on his neck. Like, he could barely get the rotation. He was slow. Like, it, it looked awful. Yeah, and people forget, like, before Angle came back to the WWE for the Hall of Fame, he was working the indies against, like, Cody and Rey Mysterio and stuff, yep. and, like, having good matches. Like, he was yep. ready to go. So he was, he was wrestling Zack Sabre Jr. in RPW. Like, That's right. There was there that that was awesome too. I felt like he probably was like, yeah, I'll work this England show, and then he goes out there, and that place just goes ballistic, and he was just like, ah. <laughs> so, yeah, dirty with another super chat. Thank you so much, dirty. Um, opinion on the Chris Weidman and Anderson Silva podcast? I watched this. Did you? I watched the clip that I think he's mainly going to want to hear me talk about, but. 
one thing that that I was really happy that Weidman did was he apologized because w- when this first happened, it was like, why are we acting like he didn't celebrate when he when Anderson broke his leg? Why are we acting like he didn't try in the post fight to make it out like he was a legit champion? He legit won. Um, well, he did legit win. Like, I don't want to take that away from him. Like, he checked a leg kick. I hate how people act like Anderson Silva just beat himself. Like, yeah, but but, but, but that's not champ. Like, it's just like it's the same thing with uh, Tyron Woodley and Carlos Condit when he tore his ACL when he threw a kick. Like, that's that's not a, a legit win. You there, that's no different to me than a DQ. Like, that's really what that is. Like, his body broke down and so the fact that it happened to him it it made me just like it he understood what actually anderson went through and how he handled the situation and so he apologized to him for that he did say too that fans wanted to do like photo ops of uh him acting like their leg was broken or whatever and he refused to do it for a little while and then after a while he would go ahead and do it so he apologized to him for that as well but like Anderson did not want to hear any of it. Like he just like it's fine, Chris. No worries, Chris. Like we're fighters. Everything's fine. No, no problem. So Anderson was very gracious. But it's it's very weird to me. Like the history of like how they're bonded forever because of this. Like it feels like that they're going to be lifelong friends now because of this. And they fought twice. And Weidman was the one to end it all. Right. And Anderson also acknowledged the fact that, like, he went home after the Weidman lost the first time and he lost, like, all his friends. Like, there were a bunch of fake friends and a bunch of fake people around him. And it really showed him who was really, like, there to support him and all that stuff. So it's a really good interview. And then he also asked for advice and, and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy story in MMA that I never thought we would see what happened. Yeah, that was actually the part of the interview that I saw was the was him talking about apologizing for celebrating and basically how he didn't realize when it happened to Anderson, like how much of a toll it takes on like your family behind the scenes, like you being out like that and like the multiple surgeries and everyone having to take care of you and all that stuff. And he was saying I thought it was pretty cool how he was like, man, if I would have known, I would have been calling you like every day to like see if you were okay. Yeah. Like I, I didn't, I just didn't know. I didn't, I just didn't know how much went into trying to come back from something like this. And, um, and yeah, Anderson couldn't be any classier. I mean, he was just, he's the man and we'll talk we, this is a good transition here in a second, yeah. but Anderson's the man. Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, I expected him to be cool about, about hearing that, but like, he is exactly what I expected, you know, just like, yeah. I mean, cause it sounds like after it happened to Weidman, Anderson called Weidman and was yep. like checking on him. And like Weidman was probably sitting there going like of all the freaking people in the world, like this right. guy is calling me to right. see if I'm okay. You know, like, well, not that, another thing I picked up on was like, you could tell how much respect Weidman had for Anderson just as a fighter and how big of a feat it was to beat Anderson to him. Yeah. He'd be like, you're Anderson freaking Silva, you know? And it's like, he beat him, but he just doesn't look at it in that regard. Like, he still looks at him like he is the upper echelon top guy, you know? And I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool how Anderson has um, 
trying to get something pulled up on this other screen. It's cool how Anderson has kind of become friends with like all those guys during that run. Like him and Chael are always like, yeah, like talking yeah. like like their buddies now. And I mean, they all went out and they made a bunch of money with each other. And yes, you know, and now it's you know now it's they're all they're all just retired and or or doing something different and. That's kind of like when Tito and Ken, right? It was like we made a lot of money together, you know, yeah. and and they kind of just squashed it. And that's kind of the same thing. Like it's it's one of those things. After a while, you just appreciate appreciate the the feud. Like Tito and Chuck. I mean, they did the documentary and all that stuff. They fought, and then they did like um, podcasts and stuff afterwards to promote the documentary. And they they got along okay. So it's just one of those things that. When you're in the heat of the moment, but when it's all over, you can look back at it and just be like, oh, okay, you know? Yeah, and it's funny, too, because, like, like, Anderson's uh-huh. trashing the company about how their pay and their structure and all this stuff and how it's no more of a family. And Weidman's just like, uh-huh. He's like, I still <laughs> I still work there, Anderson, so I, I can't really say anything, you know? He's like, I yeah. understand. So, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. It, the only – it's funny because, like – it, like uh, like Vandalay Silva, for instance. Yeah, like, he's like one of those guys who like didn't like get the the entertainment side of it. No, so he'd like you know it's so funny because like Chael Sonnen's like buddies with like all these guys he's fought throughout his career because they all got what he was doing. But like Vandalay, yeah. like I'll never forget him pulling Vandalay aside during tough or him tell, talking about that and being like. I was like telling him to his face, like I am. This is an act. Like I'm trying to get people to buy pay per views. Like, yep. just let me do my thing. Like we're no. gonna, we're gonna, yeah, no. <laughs> but I like, I like chill. Like he accepted it. He pushed him, and then he's immediately in fight stance. Like that yeah. was it. But like I remember, God it was like Vanderlei was doing that autograph signing, right? And him and Chill were in the same bus, and or like van. And Chael's just kind of talking to him. He's like, I don't like what you say about Brazil. (laughs) (laughs) And then then he's just like talking all this crap. And then Chael's like, oh, he's like serious. Like, okay, whatever guy, you know. I heard him talking about how the Noguera brothers were feeding a carrot to a bus, thinking it was a horse. Playing in the mud. Yeah, my God. Great Well, yeah, well, speaking of Anderson. um, We got one, Steven. We got one. Dude, he looked great against Chavez Jr. Like, I am yes. really looking forward to Anderson boxing more. Like, this is this is who we've wanted in the M- from the MMA space going into boxing. Like, this is this was great. I wish I wish he wasn't forty six. That's what was so crazy to me. Is like I thought, man, forty six. He's gonna be slow. This is just set up for him to lose. And man, you know what I love so much about that that fight was. Like it got to a point to where Chavez knew that if he hit Anderson with a clean shot, he was going to pay for it every single time. And then he didn't want to throw any more punches after that. Like once Anderson started beating the crap out of him, he was just like, yeah, I'm good. I'm not going to hit him anymore. And then he would have to like build up courage to try to hit him with a clean shot. And he would only do it within the last 10 seconds because then he couldn't get his ass kicked for, for longer than 10 seconds. So, uh, yeah, but dude, I love it too. The commentating was so ridiculous and they thought that like Anderson had no shot and 
Not only that, they were pissed. Like those two ladies that was with Eric uh, Silva or whatever. I don't remember his name, but um, he was up there and he's marking out. And they're just like, yeah, he did pretty well. Okay, let's go back to the, you know, like they were totally pissed. And Chris Algieri was one of the guys on commentary. And he had fought Manny Pacquiao and he had done kickboxing. And he's explaining like it took him 13 years to change stances and figure it out and all this. And that's another thing, too, is Anderson's boxing record is like one and one. And Chavez is like 52 and seven, former middleweight champion. And Anderson just beat the piss out of him. And yeah, then Canelo comes in. He was Canelo. clowning him, too, oh, during yeah. the fight. He was in the he, corner with his hands down doing his stuff. I mean, well, like, what I like, was, too, is he went into the center. And then he went back in the corner. It was like, yeah. come on. Like, like come the Stefan Bonner fight. Yeah, it was right. awesome. But like yeah. he had to talk. But then Chavez, like I said, would be like, oh, man. So now I've got to go in there and he's, I've got to throw punches and hit him because then he's going to beat the crap out of me. Like yeah. you could tell that he was completely overwhelmed by Anderson. When, like, even when he got Anderson clean, Anderson just no-sold everything. Yep. Like yep. it just didn't no reaction at all to getting hit in the face by this guy. Nothing. And Anderson's jab was like landing at will. I mean, he yep. was like, he looked he looked sharp, man. Uppercuts, like, combinations. And Chavez tried to put it on him like late. Like you could you could tell his hand speed was like really fast at the end of the fight. He was throwing like you know to the body and whatnot. But like at that point, and I almost said something to get demonetized. That the judge, whatever <laughs> judge scored that for Chavez Jr. needs to never be allowed near combat sports. Fired. You have to investigate that. That was yeah. that was terrible. Like well, the I problem is, is Chavez had, was like, you know, like oh, celebrating, yeah. and then he looked shocked when he lost. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like I honestly, how'd you score it? Like yeah. I'm maybe seven to one. Yeah. Maybe. I, a six two at best for Chavez. At best. Yeah. And that's that's that honestly, those two rounds you could give to Anderson. He yes. could have possibly got a clean sweep. And it was like it was like the first and the fourth or something. That yeah. was like because like Anderson hadn't got his groove in his groove yet in the first round. And then there was like one round where Chavez might have done more than him. But once again, there it was even debatable then. Like there was no possible way that Chavez Jr. won that fight. Like there's yeah. just no way. Um but, but it, I mean, and yeah, it is disappointing that like how cool would it have been if Dana would have let Anderson do this kind of stuff in his prime? Like that would have been that would have been awesome. But well, it made me it made me kind of reevaluate this boxing thing and just the fact that like, does it really matter the skill set on some of these guys if you just want to see them fight, right? right. Because to me, Vitor and Oscar De La Hoya is a fun fight, man. I like I'll that fight a lot. I'll definitely be watching. Yeah, you know, and I I grew up with De La Hoya, and I grew up with Vitor, and I never in a gajillion years would have ever thought that they would be fighting. And the thing is, is normally Oscar De La Hoya would kill Vitor in boxing, but Oscar's fifty four now, and like we don't. I mean, clearly he has issues, and but. An Oscar at 54 might be better than a Vitor at 44, 46, whatever he is. Um, so I don't know. It's just intriguing. Plus, the weight is a massive difference. Are but they I, doing? Are they doing headgear or no? No, hell so no. It, so so it is. So it is a pro fight. 
Well, to be an exhibition, you don't have to have headgear for the for it to be an exhibition. Oh, that's that right. Was, that's right. That was just because Julio's like so old. Right. I love the. Did you watch that final fight? I parts of it. I it took when so he took long the to fight to start. Oh my god! Right, like forty five yeah. minutes. Dude, when he took yeah. the headgear off, though, I was like, "Let's go!" And then yeah, Canelo cool. goes over to his corner. That was dope. Um, but yeah, no, it better not be headgear. You can't sell a pay per view with those guys in headgear, in my opinion. No, like, I agree. I just didn't know if like the weight difference was gonna be something where like because of Dale Hoya's age or like the experience between the two, or they'd have some reason to where they'd have to do headgear. I hate, I hate though. Like there, there needs to be judges. There needs to be a winner in these exhibition fights. Like it's, it's, it's nonsense. It's just so guys don't take a big blow to their ego, you know. Yeah. And That's I really feel it. like, and I feel like though that they're not that motivated to get the knockout either. Like they, they don't try to finish the fight and they just try to box for eight rounds. Like that. Unless you're like. Unless you're like Logan Paul, like you're just right. such a huge underdog that it's like you're swinging for the fences the entire Which he time. Did. Which he did. Which he did. So, what would you do with Anderson in a boxing match next? That Logan. Logan. Yeah, I Logan. mean Jake. Logan. Logan Depending makes on Jake sense. Beats Woodley. I don't think Jake wants no part of Anderson. I really don't. I I think Jake actually wants to win. I think Logan really wants a payday, like honestly, and he's willing to just fight if he loses he loses no big deal did you, you see, know what uh, I mean? yeah did you see jake uh tweeted something like he like showed, yeah he basically said like he would love if anderson uh fought dale or uh fought roy uh, jones roy jones or or um oh i think he said roy jones yeah that was yeah he said idea. roy jones on his undercard but I mean, like that's the fight that that Anderson's always wanted. But I, man, the last time Roy fought Tyson, like he seemed like he was done, done. He did not want to fight no more. Yeah. So, well, but that would be very cool. And I mean, you want to talk about a big pay per view? I mean, you do Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley, and you do Anderson Silva and Roy Jones Jr. I mean, that's that's a big pay per view. Yeah. Man, yeah, it's it's wild that I'm like get more excited thinking about this than some like real fights, you know. But like, I mean, I would I would watch Anderson and Logan. I would watch Anderson, and the great thing is, is Anderson can fight them at their weight. That's why I don't even think it needs to be an exhibition because right. he can fight them at 190. Yeah, that I mean, we're gonna learn a lot about this entire world of like celebrity youtuber boxing and all that stuff it, like if if jake if jake knocks out woodley especially like if, if yeah. he goes in there and starches him that's gonna open up the floodgates i think for like i think like, that's the key thing too if jake barely gets by in an eight round fight or something that's one thing but if like jake knocks out woodley in like two rounds then i mean this 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 is this is something I don't know yeah. what it is, but it's something. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. But, but like I said, I'm 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 really looking forward. I mean, to, to Anderson again in boxing. I, it sounds like he wants to stay active and get back yeah. in there. And I'd much rather watch him doing this at this age of his career than like taking elbows to the face on the ground and stuff. Like, yep. You know this. This seems or like a worry great about transition. Him breaking his leg again or anything like that. Like yeah. all he's got to do is just his hands. That's it. Exactly, and he's still got great footwork and, and head movement and stuff. Like he just he didn't doesn't have to worry about getting kicked in the legs and stuff. I mean, it's I 
yeah, I I wish I wish you would have made this move earlier. But the, the other thing is that people don't consider with Anderson, I think, is he's still probably a top 10 level UFC middleweight. Like the guys he was losing to are really good fighters. Like yeah. it was it wasn't it's not like he's this like totally washed up MMA fighter either. It's just it's just like so my my point is I feel like he has options. Like I think he could easily go to Bellator and, and immediately get a title shot. He could go to one championship and get paid a ton of money. He could but boxing is actually what I want to see him do the most right now. And yeah. it looks like he's gonna be really good at it. So it's pretty great. I, he seems pretty dumb with MMA. So I think I think this is definitely where he'll be. But I mean, who knows how many more fights he can do because he is up there in age, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I mean he Hey, that that was a legit fight, and he won, and he won like in a dominating fashion. So it's definitely cool to see. Yeah. All yeah, right, Steven. Sure. So uh, let's get into Fast and Furious. Um, okay. The, you can start with one and build your way up, or whatever you want to do. Um, well, I'll just say so. I'm I've watched the first six of them. Yeah. Um, now. When I was younger, as they were coming out, I saw the first one, Too Fast, Too Furious, and Tokyo Drift. And then I gave up on the series completely after Tokyo Drift. So I haven't seen any of these until this week. Um, so the, I had never seen the fourth one, the fifth one, or the sixth one. But So I rewatched Tokyo Drift because I hadn't seen it in a long time. Well, I'm sorry. I rewatched the first and the second one a couple weeks ago. I rewatched yeah. Tokyo Drift <clears throat> like this week. And then... Watch the fourth one, the fifth one, and the sixth one for the first time. Um, so, one thing I need to do is I need to apologize to Tokyo Drift because it isn't <laughs> because it actually isn't the worst one of the series so far. The fourth one to me has been the worst one of the series. Um, I think the fifth one's probably been the best overall movie. I think the best stories are actually the first three because they're like actually about like racing and stuff, but like. Then it just, we've talked about it, then it just becomes like a big Ocean's Eleven type movie with with cars just going super fast and never, ever slowing down, which is something that I, is a pet peeve of mine in the movie. No one just like ever just slows down or hits the brakes at any, at any point. It's always just faster, 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 faster. And the way that they resolve these things, like the last movie, I think it was when uh, Vin Diesel, like, jumps from one car over a bridge catches letty and then bashes into another car on the other car on the other side of the bridge i mean it's just so ultra mega unrealistic but but that so anyways the thing is tokyo drift isn't as bad as i thought it was because once you understand the story and they sh- and once you've watched the the others up until six, and you get caught up to where that story actually is supposed to take place, Tokyo Drift makes a lot more sense, and it's actually a lot better movie because yeah. so much more of it is explained. Right now, something I've noticed though is I saw the commercial actually tonight for the first time for this okay. for the ninth movie. Yeah, and Han is in it. That's correct. So so I haven't seen the seventh or the eighth. But I know at some point, so it's going to turn out that Han There's didn't absolutely actually... like no hints of Han being alive in seven or eight. So like the oh, trailer really? is the first thing where people are like, oh, like Han's alive. Why would they show that in the To get trailer? people to see the movie? 
Well, I guess. And mind like, you, this movie, this movie was supposed to come out in May of 2020. Like, it's been done. It was promoted. It was going to happen. But then because of the pandemic, they knew that they weren't going to get box office. So they just pulled it. So this movie has been over. Gotcha. So, yeah. So that's, um, I mean. And from just- what I've heard, Stephen, that everyone that's seen this movie, because it was released internationally like a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the most ultra unrealistic one out of all of them. Oh, I, I can only imagine. Like they say imagine. that this thing, you, you just have to completely just can't judge it based on it not being realistic because it just goes way off the deep end. Well, the story itself, like, once again, I haven't seen the seventh or eighth, but like, it's so heavy on Dom and like the family being so even like Letty like loses her, her memory somehow during that explosion. And like, then he still like brings her back in, even though she was the enemy and like shot him and all this stuff. But like, but this whole time he's had a brother that just has never has been a younger brother. Right. It's like, wait, but like, how, wait, till, how wait, this never... wait till you see what happens with Shaw. Oh, see, like, and I don't even know about Shaw yet, except for I saw the 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 post credits thing on the sixth movie, yes. which that's Shaw, right? That's like the actual Shaw, yeah. Right? Because there was another guy called Shaw in the sixth one. That's his brother that they wind up taking down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're brothers, right? So like Jason Statham, all I've seen of him is just him walking next to Han. The car explodes. Yeah, and he's like, "You're gonna know who I am, or whatever." And it's like, so, so like the, the seventh one starts with like Shaw in the hospital with his brother. Oh, okay. So, and I'm gonna watch the seventh one soon. Um, I, but I'm telling you, it's downhill. And there's moments where you can tell that they CGI'd Paul Walker's face because I've they couldn't heard. complete the movie. Yeah, I've heard. I, yeah, I mean, it's. Have you I, seen Point Break before? I don't think so. I remember the name of that movie, though. It's like with the dead presidents, and it had Keanu Reeves and Patrick Swayze, and they robbed banks, but they were surfers. Oh, wait. I I know. I don't think I've, I don't know if I've ever seen it, but I know, I know that movie for sure. Okay, so like yeah. Fast and the Furious plot line is a complete ripoff of Point Break. Like it's the oh, exact really? same thing, but with cars instead of surfing. Oh, okay. um, so... But to me, like, it's one, like, it's it's on its own because it's so basic, but it's pretty badass. It's got cool cars and whatever. And then I like four over two and three because to me, and, and I think you miss this part of just the fact that, like, that franchise was dead and four was to bring it back. Right. Four was the return of Vin Diesel and Letty and like everybody. And before you didn't have that. Right. Yeah. So um, just to be able to bring the band back together, it's kind of like, okay, I I get that the plot isn't the best or whatever, but I'm just happy to have them back. And then five, they just take it to a whole nother level and they add the rock and Gina Carano or I mean, Gina Carano's in the sixth one, but they add the rock and just, it becomes like this ultimate heist movie. And then in the sixth one, Gina Carano, the rock, like just badass. 
and uh, Gal Gadot, who's like Wonder Woman. Um, so you have all that. And then Seven, you can tell like it has to go to a place where they rather not because Paul Walker died. Right. And then, and then Eight is... Eight is definitely not the best, but it's over the top as well. So that's kind of where you're at. And then nine, I mean, we'll see what happens. I'm going to go see it on Wednesday on my birthday. Nice. Yeah. And then my not issue this with the Wednesday, fourth, but next Wednesday. My issue with the fourth one was like, it was supposed to be set like five years after they had last seen each other, but like they don't act like it at all. It's like they're no. just, it's just like, it shows up like Vin Diesel's like holding a dude by his ankles out a window. Like, also, and, like the most threatening villain you can get is that little short dude. Well, that was another thing too. I didn't even realize that was the the twist of the movie. I the uh, Baraga or whatever. Yeah, that guy. yeah. Like I thought, like because I literally within seconds of being introduced to that character, I was like, oh, that's the guy who was like in charge of the whole thing that like killed Letty. That blah blah blah. But then, like, at the end of the movie, they're like, wait a second. That guy we've been dealing with the whole time is Baraga. And I yeah. was like, wait, they didn't know that the whole time? Like, I've been, I've been watching this whole movie thinking that they knew this the whole time. Like, and then, but then in the sixth one, I did not see the Gina Carana heel turn coming. Like, yeah. so that, they got me on that one. I, yeah. That was a good twist. But, um... And, and and I hate to say it because he's he's deceased and you know a beloved guy and nothing against him personally, but like Paul Walker might be the worst actor I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> like it, like he's just ultra chill at all times, no matter yeah. what's happening. It's just like it just it's like to a point where it's annoying to me. Where it's like this guy is like nobody's this chill. Like this is weird. And he has all these one, and there, all of them have these one-liners that are so oh, corny. Yeah. Like one of them, I think it was the fourth one. Paul Walker's like about to like jump off a hill in his car. He's like, "Sorry, car!" Like before he jumps, I was like, "Wow, talk, who, who would ever be this lame?" Like, what? yeah, yeah, no, um, I get that. But but the story, I like how they've woven the stories, like to make the timeline of Tokyo Drift make sense. Because that was a big concern even, of mine. Even too, right? Because you had Tyrese and all them in that the show and like Ludacris and stuff, but like it, it didn't make sense like why they were there. And then you add them in five, and it's like you bring everybody together. Yes. And that was another thing about these two was like for I keep going back to Tokyo Drift because that movie seems so out of place to me. Is like Han, because Han actually is like one of my favorite characters of the whole series. And Cause I just think he's like somewhat of a realistic character. Like he's just like a chill guy, but he's not like overly chill. And like his, 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 his gimmick is like the tech stuff. He's not like, like anyways, in Tokyo drift, he like references multiple times. Like he doesn't, he's not in that scene for money. Cause he already has money. And I was yeah. like, how would he have money? Oh, well, because of these movies where he's making millions of dollars, like that makes sense. Like he's he's literally doing it for for women, and it's like he's he's doing nothing but like it looks like he's banging all these Asian women throughout Tokyo Drift, and you're like, right. why is he so into just getting any all these women? And then it's like, well, his girlfriend gets murdered like right in front of him in the this like right before he has gone to Tokyo, so like he's just out there 
with millions of dollars and just trying to heartbroken and heartbroken. Exactly. And like that she's always eating chips and it's like, Oh, he quit smoking and he does that instead of eating. Like, so there's so, so, so Tokyo drift actually is one of my favorites of the series now, like because of how they've re-explained everything about that movie. But I'm also waiting because I know it has to happen. I, and you'll know because I'm sure it's already happened in the seventh or eighth movie for sure that Friday Night Lights kid is going to be coming back at some point, like in joining the squad. Like he has to. He so, I'll just, he, he comes back, but he's not in a major role by any means. Yeah. But I knew he'd pop up again at some point. Like, yeah. Um, the guy who was like a high, he was supposed to be 17 in Tokyo Drift and is like older than I am right now, I think. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, like Bow Wow, I have a feeling we never see him again in the franchise. But yeah, I don't think so. Um, but anyways, it storytelling wise, I like the movies. The actual action, I think, honestly, I think is just really lame. Like I can only see these cars doing these fast. And part of the problem too, honestly, is I know there's like ten movies, so like I know these yeah. characters aren't going to be dying when I'm watching it. Or if they die, they're they just come gonna back end up being alive somehow. Yeah, so. Um, See, to me, though, like, I feel like the action movie genre is dying or is close to being dead. And I just appreciate a good, careless action movie that is just where you don't really have to overthink the plot and you don't have to worry about it having to have some political message or whatever. It's just a good time popcorn flick. And uh, that's what these movies have been. And so um, I appreciate them for that. And I, like I said, I, I, I definitely appreciate it as the story has evolved, right? Like it started off with just street racers. That's all this was. And it's become something that's just so, so much bigger. So I give them credit for that. But I mean, dude, they've talked about the dumbest stuff, like merging Fast and Furious with Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. And they own, they own both IPs, Universal. Oh Right. So like <laughs> because they're talking about putting them in space, they want to do a Fast and the Furious in space. Oh my god. And then they were talking about possibly merging them with Jurassic oh Park. Oh my god. And now, right. see, this is what happens when these corporations take over, dude. They're the enemy. Like they just come up with like, we've got one successful franchise and another one, let's put them together. Yay! Yeah. Like, you oh know? Oh, my God. Like, I'm surprised Disney hasn't mixed Marvel in together yet. Like, I know, or Star Wars and Marvel. Like, I know that's going to happen. They're gonna, they're, it's, they can't resist. They're going to bump, like, Luke Skywalker is going to bump into freaking Iron Man in an alternate timeline, and they're just going to hope that it makes a bunch of money, you know? Yeah. Oh my god, that's hilarious! I'm just, I'm just envision, envisioning like Velociraptors, like racing cars and stuff, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. just. Oh my god, Dom fighting a T Rex with, with the uh, Hobbs, with well, this that's big part, massive machine gun. Well, that's part of it too. Like you just mentioned, at the first movie, like they were just street racers. Yeah. Now they're somehow like I get that that uh, Brian O'Connor was like in the CIA or whatever. So like they at least somewhat get a pass on his character because like, because of his background, like he should be good at this type of stuff. But like Vin Diesel was a street racer and now he's like, it's like the rock 
the rock was the guy who the cia used to have to get when the cia couldn't get somebody right but the rock couldn't get people so he had to call vin diesel like vin diesel right. is better at the rock's job than the rock is right like but he was just a street racer but now he's like better than the cia at, at man well, and do you know do you know in real life there's real beef between them I've heard that they won't actually like film scenes together. Stuff. That's the whole reason why Hobbs and Shaw was created because The Rock refused to do a movie with Vin Diesel anymore. Like they were done with each other. Is it an ego thing where like Vin Diesel like is like probably like feels like he, small? He just says him? he just says that he he gives Rock harsh criticism and The Rock doesn't take kindly to it. Oh, probably what it is is that these are probably boys, everyone else. The Rock's like, yeah, you want to try that with me? Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> it doesn't work. So, yeah. And like, I, you know, regardless what you think of Vin Diesel as Dom, like anything else that Vin Diesel does is bad. Or so relax. I remember that one. You want to talk about unrealistic, terrible action movie. Those are those movies. Like I saw awful. the first one. I saw it in theaters. Watches it the third one or whatever. It's terrible with Michael Bisping. Oh, my God. Oh yeah, God. I just remember a scene in the first movie. That's really all I remember about the movie, to be honest. Where he the snowboarding scene. I think I think I think this one was on takes a motorcycle. A from, he takes a tray from a from a a, a restaurant and he slides down there with the oh, snowboard. God, I can like over an that. avalanche. An avalanche is coming. I I remember a scene where he's like on a motorcycle and he does a full on stop like right in front of this really tall barbed wire fence and like a like a full stop. Yeah. And then the next thing you'd see is him jumping over the like he somehow like bunny hopped this giant fence after a complete stop like and clears this giant barbed wire fence. I was just like this is like didn't even try. <laughs> like, like it was that's hilarious. So there's actually there's a scene in that movie where he uses a fast food tray to snowboard. It's like a restaurant tray, and he just takes it and yeah, and not only snowboard like over an avalanche coming yeah, down. Of course. Like, yeah, yeah. So um, mm. yeah, but you that's pretty you, funny. You said you've never seen Best of the Best. Mm -mm. You got to watch those. It's just watch just two. Right there's one. That's like a karate tournament movie, and it's amazing. It's like one of those like early late late '80s, early '90s, but it's it's awesome. And then the second one is so different that oh, I yeah. would just love to see your reaction <laughs> to the second one. Are these like but but so the first movie is like an actually like badass karate tournament type movie. Yes. Yes, with okay. James with James Earl Jones and like um there's nobody like overly that you would know. Wait, James Earl Jones, like like Bader? Yes. From the Sandlot, that dude? Yes, he's the he's the karate coach. Oh, okay. He's like the yeah. Mr. Miyagi for this thing. Yes. Okay. So basically it's the USA versus uh I believe Japan in a karate tournament. And they are selected to face each other. Well, the with the top student Tommy has to fight this guy Day Han, and Day Han killed his brother when he was a little boy, and so he's like very intimidated by that. I it's might have amazing. seen this when I was way younger. This sounds familiar. It's amazing. 
Okay, but it's I like it's they're, they're like kids or teenagers. That, well, that... he's a kid. He, he it's like in black and white when he watches his brother die, and he has like a ice cream cone. And when his brother dies, he drops the ice cream cone, and that's just like the way they do it. But then he's like, "I'm afraid," and and like he doesn't want to fight him. And then like Alex Grady, who's played by Eric Roberts, is like trying to talk him into fighting him. It's it's okay. really good. Okay. And, and then, then the dude, second one is the weird. second one is batshit bonkers, like nowhere near what the first one is, but it's it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. Okay, especially pro wrestling wise, like it's you, it, you can get into the story. Okay, I might I might check them out. We'll see. We'll see. I've still got a couple of Furious movies left. Yeah, uh, it, I don't even really want to watch the second, the seven and eighth one now, but like. I I'm like I'm so deep at this point, and I haven't yeah. seen Hobbs and Shaw either. I need to watch that one too. And Hobbs um, and Shaw is just kind of on its own, like it really is. Like it doesn't have a lot to do with the plot or anything like that. But it's just like two characters that you're familiar with because Shaw becomes much more of a prominent role in the other ones. So, gotcha. Okay, well, hey, I've been I've been watching Fast and Furious, so I know I'm proud of you. Good stuff. Yeah, thanks. I mean, it's no, it's no Mighty Ducks game changers, but it, but it, it's, it's been worthy of listen, my time. Listen, you need to watch Cobra Kai, and then we can talk about that. I actually, literally, um, this was probably a day or two ago. I was, my brother was over, and like he, we didn't have much time, but like I literally brought it up again because he doesn't, he wants to just jump in cold and just watch the show, and I'm like, you need to watch the at least the first two movies before we do yeah. this, like, yeah. Um, because I I saw I saw these when I was younger. I forgot that third one even existed until you brought it up last week. But like, yep. I I I could probably get away with watching them um, with watching the show right now and and still remember enough. But like, yes. I want to I really want to watch the movie though because I know there's going to be stuff that I would I would catch. Definitely, with, there's know. Easter eggs. There's so, definitely Easter eggs. But yeah, we were talking about that again the other day. Like that's that's seriously like the next. The next but it's like binge. it's like they're Tony Khan and they got the Karate Kid franchise. Like they're diehard fans, so they're not in to try to mess anything up. They're not there to try to do their vision. They're trying to be true to the story, and so right. that's what makes it so great. And, and like even the actors are blown away by how well the directors take care of the characters and the script that they come up with. And like, they, they love it. So awesome. Yeah, it's great. It's great. It's the best. And then did you ever, did you ever watch the Rocky movies? Yeah, but not, I didn't watch every one of them. I saw like the first, I saw the one with Hogan in the original and stuff, but like, Oh, Steven. I heard, dude. I didn't want to watch Sylvester Stallone like oh, old Steven. as hell, like oh, like Steven. Rocky Balboa and like the, the oh the, Steven, the, mm. like Rocky is is amazing, and the <laughs> the fourth one, if the Russian, you never saw the fourth. No, one I saw that one. Okay, yeah. so that's the fourth but one. No, the, but how many are there? There's like I feel like there's there, a lot of them now. There's six Rocky movies and two Creeds. I probably hadn't seen the fifth or sixth Rocky, and I haven't seen either of the Creeds. The Creed, Creed, Creed one is fantastic. Like, so good. So much better than you ever thought it was going to be. Like, oh, I need to ask you great. this question real yeah. quick. 
because my brother actually asked me this and I yeah. was like, I didn't know enough to dispute it, but I was like, I still feel like you got to watch the original. If he has seen the karate kid with Will Smith's son, is that the same? No. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, I don't know. That, if the, no. I don't know if the story was like close enough or if they called him. Daniel I mean, it's, and stuff. it's somewhat close. No, he's not called Daniel. And he's, he is in like, I think he's in Japan or Tokyo or something. And he like, they reverse roles. Like he's the newcomer, but in a different country and like Jackie Chan is Miyagi and he's not called Miyagi. He's called something else. And no, no. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I told him. I was like, you're gonna have to watch the original, but I also don't know enough about the reboot to like, Dude, the original Disputed. is so the original is so good. Like, and the crazy thing is, the guy that directed Rocky directed uh, Karate Kid. Like, he brought us both. Like, good God, <sighs> thank you, sir. But anyways, with Creed, Creed is like um, Apollo. Apollo Creed had a son out of wedlock before he died, and he became an orphan. Like the the mother put him up for adoption. And the widow of Apollo Creed finds out about him and adopts him and raises him. And he wants to be a boxer like his dad. And he feels like the best thing to do to be a boxer is to have Rocky train him, who is Apollo's best friend. So he goes over there and he calls him Ankh and Rocky doesn't want to train him. Rocky's pretty much like done. Adrian's dead. Like he's, he's this old man that doesn't want to Bombay. He, yeah, basically, <laughs> but like way older, more, more just like I'm done kid. And then he gets him talked into doing it. And man, it's, it's so good. They did a really good job with it. Yeah, well, probably I'm a, I'm assuming since Cobra Kai's on Netflix, are the first at least the first two movies on Netflix also? If they're not, I you got you. Me. And then also the third one, you said I'll have to eventually see because they're still introducing characters like now that are even from that movie, right? So yeah, yeah, the third one they've really touched on the first and second one, but the third one is going to be this season coming up. So if I watch just the first two movies and then the show up until this next season, I'm good. But then I'd have to watch the third movie before I watch the next season of Cobra Kai. Is that what you you're would saying? Be, I mean, you would be a little bit like kind of like uh, like, you know, it's it's in the third one is the last time you see Crease, Right. And then Crease comes back. So like there, there's still some stuff there that you kind of see how okay. it ended. I'll just watch all three before the show then I might as well. I mean, yeah. but they're not long. They're, uh, you should be able to knock them out quick. They're really good. Let me check Netflix real quick. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I don't know where I'm going to watch that. I don't want to. I don't want to buy the uh, the seventh Fast and Furious movie or rent it. It's like, uh, damn it! I don't know what my login is. I'm about to look on my Xbox, but um, but yeah, yeah. I know you can get me on the the, the eighth movie. But yep. maybe I'll check Karate Kid first because I'm gonna need to watch that soon. But yeah, it's, that watch that watch movies thing that you got is is pretty solid. Yeah, yeah, it's dope. Like, which is legal, by the way. I don't want to sound like I'm like we're stealing it. Like, Doug yeah, actually not, has like a paid service where he can like rent me movies from his account and stuff. 
I have a I have a movies anywhere <laughs> account, and if, as long as someone else has a movies anywhere account, then I'm able to let them like rent the movie or whatever. So, but it's only three a it. month, and I've already used two on two of the Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Um, luckily, the other ones were all available on other streaming services. Um. But yeah. Anyways, Brandon, yeah, Brandon. says movies anywhere is clutch. Yeah. Yeah, it's tight. I, I didn't know about it until last week when Doug told me about it to start helping see, me get caught up on these. See, what you can do, what I do a lot of times is, right? Okay, so a lot of places every Tuesday, iTunes, Voodoo, whatever, they'll have like sales of like $4.99 movies or whatever. And I'll buy that movie at the, any, any place that's the cheapest I can find it. And then it ports through movies anywhere to then I can watch it on iTunes. I can watch it on Voodoo. I can watch it on wherever I want. So then once it's in that movies anywhere too, then it's eligible to, to rent out if it's old enough. You know what I mean? So it's, it's the best. The only thing that sucks is certain companies don't do it. Like MGM doesn't do it, which is now owned by Amazon. Um, uh, Paramount, Paramount's a big one. They don't do it, but, um, yeah, they do. They do it on Fridays and Tuesdays. Voodoo's got a lot too, Brandon. Like, I don't know if you're a Voodoo person, but they have a lot of great stuff. Uh, every Tuesday and uh, Friday, they have four ninety nine deals. So, is it like four ninety nine per movie, or you like a bundle of movies for five bucks? Or no, it's it's per movie. per movie. Yeah, but it depends too. You can buy bundles. You can get all sorts of stuff. But I mean, if you <clears throat> If you know people that like have a movie that like they bought the hard copy and then they have like a digital code and like say it's an iTunes code, right? And you put that code into your iTunes account, it'll port through movies anywhere to anywhere you watch it. So that's how it works too. So that's cool. Yeah, you can build a collection pretty quick. So it's pretty dope. Yeah, I've still got like a DVD collection of, and it's not a lot of stuff, maybe like 50 or so DVDs that I got like years and years ago, but just held on to some of my favorite movies and stuff. But um, I literally don't own a uh, a physical player of any kind anymore. Like I don't own a DVD player, a Blu-ray player, like everything is digital. So word. I've sold out. <clears throat> yeah, all, all I really have now is um, like my Xbox One plays uh blu-rays but and i'm stupid like if i can upgrade quality i will pay for it again to upgrade quality so like if if like say mighty ducks became 4k i would pay the 4k price to upgrade it so i i and and that's where you can find sales too like i'll i'll definitely have that as well but quality is important to me that's why people are like Dude, you can just like go on there and watch on one of these streaming sites. Yeah, I'm like 720p when I can watch it in 4K on my TV. No, thank you. You know, (laughs) I quality matters. Um, so I kind of want to talk about my indie wrestling adventure. Uh, it was I'm super excited that I found out about the indies in Texas because I just I had heard about Loco. But, like, that's really all I heard about. But I didn't think much of it. But then you go back and look, and it's like they had Gino. They had Rhino. They had Dante. They had... um, Remember Gino Medina? Yeah, Gino Medina. Yeah, Yeah, he's there. 
Um, and they have some other people that are, are that I've seen wrestle now that I know are pretty damn good. Um, and like they had Laredo kid, Sammy Guevara was there like in attendance. Like he, he worked a part of a match gimmick. Like he didn't actually work a match, but he was like outside interference or whatever. And, uh, but like, you go back and you see some of the stuff that they were doing in those loco shows. And I mean, it's like GCW stuff, like light, light tubes and, and chairs and thumbtacks and you name it, like, and crazy bumps into the crowd and all that stuff. So I'm like, damn, man. So that kind of got my attention. But then I saw that like Ace Austin um, was on the card and I was like, crap, man. And Fuego was supposed to be on the card, but Fuego got sick and he didn't show up. Uh, so that sucked. But um, we get there and like, uh, first of all, it is hot as hell. I mean, yeah, outside in Texas, <laughs> yeah. dude. Like it, it's and it, it's in like okay. So you you pull up right, and there is like just a straight shot. And cars are parked on both sides to where you can't park anywhere. And so you have to park on like next to an apartment complex or like this restaurant in the corner. It's kind of in the hood. And like um, you walk all the way down. So we walked all the way down and we still didn't see the venue. We walk into like this barn and they're like, oh, wrestling's like over there. I was like, okay. So we go over there and like you go in into this hot ass barn but like dude they got lights they've got like posters and banners of all sorts of different events that have been there and uh we ended up sitting right next to the ramp so second row right next to the ramp and um like the first match izzy james i had never seen him but he's like a 12-year vet in texas and he's pretty good, man. And he laid that in, and Bill was like, oh, okay, so, like, they're kind of going for it. And then this other guy, this luchador guy, he's totally ripping off Phoenix, like, just jumping off the rope, one rope to the next, and doing all sorts of stuff. What was his name? Remember? I don't remember off the top of my head. Um, see there's, a, there's a guy called Zenshi who wrestles for MLW who's kind of like that. That's the only reason I ask because that's who I think of when I think of, of that. I don't think it was uh, Zinshi, but um, it was Estrella Galactica. Mm, okay, I'm not sure about. It. I don't think yeah. I know them. He was uh, he was all right. He just um, he just he definitely was a little green, and he reminded me of a uh, phoenix. But um, he wasn't too bad. Here, let me see if I can f- pull up the whole card. Because there were certain people that definitely stood out to me. Hold, please. Real Here quick. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Um, and then there was uh, Wes Warren and Justin Tyler. I don't know if you've ever seen Justin Tyler. He's a young kid. He's He's been in the Houston scene, I guess. Dude, he took a suplex on the steel steps. I mean, and like slammed him hard. And it, it sounded awful and uh brutal right and i i couldn't believe that that kid took that bump and roughly how um, many fans do you think were there probably 80 
Yeah, that makes it even it, it hurts even worse when there's not that much well, many there, people there. There, yeah. there were times that like it's completely dead. Like the, the and see what I heard about Loco is like like okay, so G, GCW will only allow like 200 seats. They don't want to go past like a little bit more than capacity. I heard Loco, you're like elbow to elbow, and they put like 400 people in that building. So, it, yeah. but they sell out like. These other shows aren't selling out, but Loco sells out. Um, then uh, they had a Diego de la Cruz versus Erod, and Diego de la Cruz took Erod and he took him. He did a Death Valley driver. He had people removed from the the chairs, and he just did it all in the pile of the chairs, like brutal. I'm like, yeah. holy crap. Don't tell any man these indie shows rule. Like, like that, like uh, there were okay, so there was this guy named Papa Shingo, and it's this big fat black guy, right? Huge. And he it looks like Kamala and Papa Shango together, versus this kid named Will the Thrill, and he beat the piss out of Will the Thrill. Like <laughs> the chops were so loud. He did a he did a Samoan uh, a splash like old school Samoan splash on that kid, and like when I went up to meet Ace Austin, Will the Thrill was back there behind him, and he's just holding his chest. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> selling, just like not hurt. just hurting bad. <laughs> I was I was like yeah, and then I looked at him too, and I was like it hurt, huh? Like that was brutal. Um, oh my god, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So that one was fun. And uh, they had this like Jamaican guy, and he was pretty good. What's uh, his name? Do you know? Do you know? Uh, his name is uh, Kenny Calypso. Okay, I, just, I think I actually may have seen him before. Okay, so then they had Rachel Rose, who I think could be ready to be like on one of the big shows. Like she has a really good personality. She makes people bow to her. She's like acts like she's royalty. She was the champion of that company for two years, and then she lost to Nyla Rose. And when she won her match, she demanded a rematch with Nyla Rose, and they're going to wrestle July 31st for the title. And that's nice. the same card that Davey Richards is on. Now, so when you say the, now, when you say the title, are you women's title or, like, the main title for the company? Women's title, like for RWR. Sure. Because a lot of these companies, like, women could be the champion, like, the whole yes. thing, you know what I mean? So I just yes. want to know. Okay, gotcha. And then um, and then she's also facing Chelsea Green with the merger of Booker T's Reality of Wrestling. She's re- she's wrestling Chelsea Green there, like, at, in the end of August. Nice. Uh, and then uh, they did this thing where Chris Carter was begging to get his match with Ace Austin because he got pulled. And the funny thing is, is the GM there, he was sitting next to me at Wrestle Circus at the last Wrestle Circus. He said it was like his first Wrestle Circus. He told me he was being trained to be a wrestler. He looks like he had absolutely no business being a wrestler. I did not take him seriously at all. Like Chris and now, Carter? No, the GM that that has like the GM role. He's he's oh, I see he's like talking. Jacob something. <clears throat> gotcha. Well, he got pulled, and they pulled Chris Carter. So Chris Carter comes in, demands for this match. The guy says no, and then Ace Austin comes out, and we chant, we want Carter, we want Carter, right? Ace Austin comes out, says the fans want it, let's make it happen. 
So then that match becomes a triple threat between Chris Carter, Ace Austin, and Nathan Bradley. And they are all damn good. Like, Chris Carter has some Darby, reminds me of Darby. He's really thin, though. But he's facing um, uh, Lloyd. What's it, Jacob Lloyd? Jimmy Lloyd. Jimmy Lloyd. He's facing Jimmy Lloyd at the GCW show. Yeah, I've been been seeing Chris Carter pop up a lot more lately. Yeah. Yeah. And Chris Carter's also uh, normal at Loco. And I was told that he jumped off of the very top of, like, this stage area. It's not really a stage at all. It's just, like, a little hangar that's made out of wood up top. He jumped off of that at Loco. So he's crazy. And he did jump. He did do a flip to the outside and all that stuff. Um, so he, and Nathan Bradley was really good. Like he, he was very good. And then rock C is like one of the, the top girls in Texas. She's only 19. I've I've definitely seen her. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, cute girl, attractive. Like she definitely, I think has, has a future, but I heard, and I don't know if this is true, but I heard because she is one of the ones that came out and accused Joey Ryan of what he did that they almost like punish her for it. Like they just don't want to be involved with that. That's hard for me to believe. If, I She's mean, like I the victim. Yeah. I don't, well, yeah. And I don't want to get into all that, but like, no, but that's what they like, said. It doesn't right. make sense to me though. I'm yeah. Like, right. Cause like that whole situation, like it looked like there was like overwhelming proof from a lot of people that like Joey Ryan was a scumbag. Like, and, well, like so what, I, what I heard though is, is like, she was, she's like, she was 17 at the time. And he basically told her that he like wanted to do the D spot and all that stuff. And she was ended up basically forced to do it. Yeah. And so that, that is what the issue is. And I'm like, surely you can't put a Vic, like, because she's a victim, she can't get booked. That's ridiculous. Right. So, but I heard she has worked ring of honor before. Yeah. That's I think where I knew her from. Yeah. So the funny thing about that is though, is she's pissed off with this girl who she's actually having a rematch with on Saturday and um, because it's a, it ended up having a DQ finish, and she hit this guy in the head with a chair, no hands, took it right to the yeah. head in front of 60 people, if that. <laughs> He's not even a wrestler. He's probably a retired wrestler. And I'm like, what are you doing? But, like, I appreciate the effort. Like, they went all out on that show. Like, I saw a bunch of wild bumps and everything. And uh, it was awesome. Like, I had a great time. So I'm really thinking about going on Saturday. The The main event on Saturday is Chris Bay versus Will all day, I think. And also – That'll be really good. Yeah. And also the um, – this guy, uh, Brian Keith, is really getting a lot of buzz in Texas. And he's facing Mysteri- Mysterious Q, who is like this huge black dude with a, like a lucha mask. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Serious Q does a lot of like the like LGBTQ shows and that kind of stuff. Okay, well. yeah. So, so I guess, but the winner of that match is facing Davy on July thirty first. Oh wow. Okay. So that that has to, and then you you say you're a big fan of Lee uh, Lee Moriarty. Moriarty. Oh yeah, big time. He's facing a guy named T Ray, and then Billy Starks is also on the card. Love Billy. She's only seventeen right now, I think. But yeah, there's she's this, insane. There's this uh, kind of like up and coming high flyer named Max Heights, and he, I've heard that name. He's on that card, and he's facing in a four way, and he's facing the the one young kid that wears the NASCAR jacket. 
Yeah, Cole Radrick. He's like my yeah. favorite. I love Cole Radrick. Yeah. So he he's facing, and I even said, like, I'm really thinking about going, and Cole Radrick uh tweeted back saying you should. So he's not like been telling go. you about it for a minute. Like that I say is like Bell the Bell, one of my favorite guys. Like he looks very unassuming, doesn't look like a pro wrestler, doesn't look athletic, nothing, but like he can go in the ring. Yeah. Because isn't Bra- Brazy's on that too, Braden Lee, also, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, because Braden Lee's really good too. He's another one of those like really young guys who like is gonna be that next wave of like high flying, like super athletic guys. Um, well, and see, that's the thing is, so yeah, Braden Lee, Cole Radrick, Joe Demaro, and Max Heights in a fatal four way. I mean, I think that match is gonna be awesome. Yeah, and then like I said, you get Chris Bay on the card, so. I think I'm going to have to drive down to the hood by myself and, and try to make some friends because uh, Bill can't go because he's heading to Kansas. So When you had told me that um, Bill went with you to this show and that like he got uh, – Ace Austin got over big with him also. Yeah, yeah. Like he – I kept telling him how good he was. And he kept telling me like, oh, that card's not that good, man. Like, well, I mean, it's okay. But like I'm like, dude, Ace Austin is amazing. And he like when he saw some of the stuff that Ace Austin did, he was just like, wow. Like, yeah, he was super impressed. And I thought Ace Austin was awesome. Uh, so I yeah. had a great time. And now I if I go to that Saturday show, then I have GCW in a couple of weeks which is going to be freaking Ninja Mac and Jack Hartwell, which That's is awesome. That's so awesome. Yeah. Phenomenal. I'm jealous that you get to go to that live. And then they got Gino and Effie and, um, and Nick Gage and, and uh, Medeska. She's, she's freaking crazy. Yeah. She, you're getting, you're getting, um, um, what was the match you said just right before that? Uh, Effie and Gino Medina. Yeah, Effie and Gino Medina. That'll be really good too. Like Effie, obviously Gino Medina is all over the place right now and like MLW yeah. and stuff. But like Effie is like one of the most. I mean, Nick Gage is the most over guy in GCW like by yep. far. But right. Effie is like one of probably the top three or five most over guys in, in the whole show right now. So that'll yeah. be really good. Yeah. So, I, and then there's still four more matches to be announced. So I'm I'm definitely. I'm super hyped for GCW. I think that match that's that show is gonna be bonkers. And hopefully you get AJ Gray on that show. He's a lot AJ, of fun live. AJ AJ Gray is booked on that show. Ari Miss is booked on that show. Um another luchador guy that has like kind of like a lion tiger mask. I don't know what his name is, but he's booked on that show. Um it's it's gonna be sick. I can't now, wait. Now Lee Moriarty wears kind of a tiger looking mask for his entrance, but he doesn't yes. wrestle in it. Yes. Um, so I, I've watched some of his stuff now. Like I've kind of gone and back and look at some of his stuff to kind of prep for him. And then uh, after that, I have dynamite. Like, so it's like July 9th. I have GCW. Then I have dynamite July 14th and I have dynamite July 21st in Dallas. And then July 31st, I got front row seats for the Davy show. So Davy, whoever he faces versus that, those two and Nyla Rose versus Rachel Rose and whatever else they announce. So it's, I'm, waiting, it's I'm just waiting sick. to see, I'm just waiting to see your picture with Nyla Rose. Like yep, you're, I'm like, going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do it. Um, and then, uh, and then uh, in September, Loco is having a show. So I'll probably go to that too. So it's pretty awesome. Like, yeah. 
I get to go to a ton of wrestling, which I haven't been able to do. The the really like the only true indie show that I went to was Wrestle Circus, which was freaking fantastic. And then of course ROH, but like the more you think about it, ROH was really it was a super indie like NXT almost. Like not not the same production, but like the quality of wrestlers was just at such a different level. Yeah, it's definitely I mean, but I'm glad that you're uh that you're dipping your toes more into like the that scene of the indies because that's oh, like, I'm wide open now. Yeah, because that's really my like that's what I outside of AEW, that's what I enjoy the most of all of wrestling right now is that is that scene of like the quote unquote kind of like lower indie scene. Cause like for me in that like in that scene, like GCW is like considered probably like the biggest <clears throat> the biggest like indie company of like all those indies if you don't count like ring of honor and impact as indies and stuff like that but like and that's a whole other thing that we don't have to talk about but i'm really interested to see what happens with gcw because they're in this lawsuit with iwtv yeah, now I saw that. and like that's a that's a lawsuit gcw is not gonna win i don't think so it's like they're five hundred thousand is a lot of money for a company like that yeah, and I know a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but I know most of it on the on the IWTV side because I have like a lot of you know, I know people pretty well over there. But like, yeah. um, you know, and I love GCW. I wish none of this was happening, but like, I am very interested to see what GCW's future looks like because I really don't think they're going to win the lawsuit with IWTV, and it's going to be something where they're either going to have to put all their footage and all their future shows back on IWTV and they're just going to have to just deal with it or because that's part of the thing too GCW is so big on like being an outlaw show that like even if they got sued they'd probably still run shows and stuff because they're outlaws but yeah. you could but like the law is the law too like like if you if you owe half a million dollars they're not I mean, going to just let ECW. you get away with that Look at yeah. ECW. Like it was always just like a hustle and a lie and just to keep going. And then eventually it just, they ran out. Yeah. So I, I hope for everybody involved, it all winds up good. But I, that is something that I'm, I'm keeping my eye on is like GCW has never been hotter than it is right now. But like, I don't know what that company is going to look like once this, I mean, I guess there's a chance they could beat the lawsuit too, but I just, Based on what I know about it and what's public, I mean, it's pretty cut and dry that they signed a contract and just like straight up just went against their own contract over and over. And then IWTV had to do something about it. So it's like, I don't know. But yeah, it's it sucks. Um, but man, like, I think they're going to get a big buy rate for Cardona and Nick Gage. Same like, here. I like, think it's going to be great. Especially if it's not that expensive. Like if it's only like 20 bucks or less, like. I, 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 I think this would be big. I saw in the recent uh, Major Pod episode, too, on YouTube, where, like, Cardona is talking about, like, he's like, y'all, like, I, I get what I'm getting into. Like, I know who yep. Nick Gage is. I know what this is. Like, I know. Well, did you see the documentary thing that he put out on yeah. YouTube? That was yeah. really cool. And, and, it, and it was eye-opening for him, too, I think, because he gashed his, his yep. wrist on, like, nothing. I mean, that's yep. nothing in comparison to what's about to be happening to you. Yeah. Um, so he got a little taste of it, just taking one bump in the ring, like, and he seemed a little freaked out by it. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like, that's what are you gonna do when the guy's got a pizza cutter hanging out of your forehead? Like that's, you know. So he but, also um, kind of seems to me like he might have a little crazy in him too. Oh, I, oh, I think he does. I, I think he knows I, what he's doing. I think he would dish it right back to him. You know what I mean? Which what I mean, I Nick Gage would be all about. He didn't care. When at the end of the day, like, if it comes down to it, like. 
Matt Cardona is the bigger, stronger, more athletic of the two guys. Like if it really came down to it, I think Cardona could, you know, handle himself. You know what I mean? Yeah, like for sure. Um, Cause that was the thing with like Nick Gage and David Arquette was like when things went sideways and Arquette basically attacked Gage, Gage was the bigger, stronger, more, you know, the guy who controlled the situation. Yeah. He, just, he put him in a headlock, put him in the ground and just pinned him. Right. But, um, you know, We'll see what happens. Once again, I'm a very big fan of GCW. I I really enjoy their shows. Um, and even not just so, and the deathmatch stuff I can take or leave most of the time. But like even that stuff aside, there's so much really good young talent going through that company right now that like I just really don't want to see anything bad happen with this lawsuit. But at the end of the day, I also totally get independent wrestling TV side of this whole thing too. Like they, yeah, you know they they've had a deal and now they're having to fight for the terms that they agreed to. So I wonder if they could come to something to like, they don't get it live, but like they would get the replay like quicker or something like that. You know what I mean? So, so what I've heard from some people that, you know, know more than I do about it. I've been told that basically a big part of the issue has to do with the fight forever stream because they did a 24 hour, a 24 hour charity show. They didn't charge for the show. And on IWTV side, they're looking at that going, well, anyone who watched that show, which got big numbers, every one of those people should have paid $10 for it because that was what IWTV TV costs. So like we missed out on all that money. And yeah. then, and then they apparently raised like way more money than you would even like be able to fathom. Like apparently they raised a ton of money for that show. So IWTV sitting there going like, we should have gotten 10 a person for that. And then on top of that, look how much they donated to this company. Like that could have also been coming into IWTV also and should have been because of the deal that we all agreed to. Like, I mean, I, I mean, straight up, like GCW agreed to put their shows on IWTV and then just decided to start putting them out for free on YouTube instead, like during the contract. So it's like, you know, it's like, did he really bad have business? Anything? Yeah, I mean, it just, it just really is just bad business. Like IWTV, IWTV, I don't fault because there are hundreds of companies on IWTV, and there is a definite advantage of being on that platform. Like, there's a lot of these smaller indie shows that are getting a lot of exposure because they're a part of IWTV. GCW, there's, two, there's two different ones too. There's like this other one that 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 records um, indie shows as well. Like you can go to both of them. I don't know, like uh, I don't know what it's called. Maybe Indi Independent Wrestling Network or something like that. But yeah. I see that one being around uh, these Texas shows a lot too. So I don't yeah. know. I don't but know if they're in competition or what. But that's uh, that's yeah. a sticky situation. It is because GCW was already a well-established company before IWTV, like much more established than most of the companies that are on IWTV. Can you but, watch like, shows live on IWTV? Yeah, they had six live shows this weekend. Okay, so they have the um, they had the ability to to play GCW live. Well, and they had been doing that. It's just okay. for whatever reason they just GCW just decided to also just start doing shows for free on YouTube and, and without. Without See, I thought it was approval. just they were decided to go to fight and get paid. No, because they show. were already on fight. 
like before. Oh, okay. And then, but also, like that was the big thing. It mainly has to do with them giving away shows for free on YouTube, from what I understand. That has, that's like a big, big part of the problem. I think the only um, issue you can run into though is like just because that many people watched it for free on YouTube doesn't mean that many people would have paid for it. So like it's like well, well this many people tuned in then we should have made this much money. Eh, nah, I don't know about that. Oh no, I mean I don't know if they necessarily should be owed five hundred thousand dollars, but I think right. if you're IWTV, like you throw up a big threatening number like that because I think I think settle. Yeah, I think ultimately they're they're either gonna try to settle or they're going to just basically force GCW into just honoring their contract and just start streaming again all from IWTV. Um, or, or also fight TV, depending on, um, it's funny cause I'll, I don't know if I should say this on air or not, but I know somebody, somebody with fight TV that's like very high up with, well, I shouldn't say very high. There's someone I know with fight TV. That's like a, a part of fight TV that is constantly asking me about what he should be watching on IWTV. It's so funny to me. Like, yeah. he's like, you know what I mean? It's like, they're like, they're in competition, but he's constantly like, dude, what should I be watching on IWTV this weekend? And blah, blah, blah. Like, it's like, bro, don't you work for Fight TV? He's like, yeah, but like, I mean, I want to watch whatever's good. Like, he doesn't really care what, what service it's on. Um, like, he was watching IWTV instead of the, um, instead of the bare knuckle um, felony versus, uh, felony versus Hick Diaz fight. He was like hitting me up during that, like, what should I watch on IWTV instead of watching our own show tonight? <laughs> Did you watch GCW last weekend with Zombie Warner Walk? with Warn Nose Warner and uh, Gage in Wyoming? Oh no, I've seen just I've seen some matches from the show. I haven't watched the whole thing because that was the same that was the same match as, as UFC, right? When we were on, yes, yeah, I, I saw like I saw Warhorse for Safety from that show, and I saw some other stuff, but I hadn't seen the whole thing yet. Okay. I was wondering yeah. if it was any good. Yeah, I mean Warhorse and Effie was good. Um Warhorse isn't very over with GCW though, which you'll like you'll probably enjoy even more knowing that. But um but like Effie is like ultra over. Um it, it's it's one thing too, like Warhorse, like I haven't seen a lot of his independent stuff. I saw his match with Cody and I wasn't impressed and I didn't like his gimmick because I feel like that he should be way bigger and taller to have some type of gimmick like that. But I mean, you know, if I saw him live or something, I could change my mind. Yeah, unfortunately, right now for Warhorse for me, because I'm a big fan of his, and I've been a fan of his before he was even Warhorse. Like I saw some of his first ever matches. Like longtime fan of his, Jay, Jay right. Parnell is his real name. I'm a fan of Jay Parnell, but like right now, it's like it is a little concerning the position he's in to me because like he did the AEW thing for one night, it didn't work out. The company doesn't seem interested. I don't think the WWE is going to be interested. And now he's probably in this position where it's like, you know, he he probably feels like he, I mean, like there's going to be maybe other opportunities like MLW and stuff potentially, but because of his gimmick, he's harder to it limits you. Yeah, yeah. So it's, I feel bad for Jake because like, I want him to be successful and I really wish it would have worked out for him in AEW and maybe it does later down the road, but like, because he, you know, when he was when he did his AEW stint, he was also the IWTV champion. He was had a ton of momentum. Um, he had had the belt. He wound up holding the belt for like something like almost two years or something like that. I mean, he had it for a long time. Um, but then, you know, since losing the title, he's really trying to like I think kind of figure out what to do next. And because the because also like you have guys like Danhausen, for instance, because like him yeah. and Danhausen are like a tag team on the Indies, also. Okay. And, 
and but the thing with Dan Housen, <laughs> Dan Housen is like he's so he's so good at that character that it can overshadow like his limitations in the ring and stuff. Yeah, Warhorse is more of like this half cartoon character, half badass fighter, but like it, it, it's. So there's there's a disconnect there, I think, for a lot of people. So, but like, but Danhausen, once you like understand what Danhausen is about, either you're gonna really like him or you're really not. And there's not you're not gonna be like confused about what he is. You're either gonna like him or you're not. You know what I mean? Like, right. So, um, but yeah, I mean, a lot of good stuff going on in the Indies, though. I'm glad um, once again that you're uh, you're watching. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely giving it a shot. I had a question if if you if you were to create like a PWG Bola type thing with the current indie scene like who's the top guys that you think would be there that's a tough question i mean some guys that would come like right off the top of my head some of like the top names that i think are if i if you think if you're asking people that i think would be ready like right now for like to get like signed somewhere would be in this tournament or just like the top indie guys that, that would realistically be in something like that because we like we really are starting from scratch again so like in the ring, honestly, like we, uh, Cole Radrick's one of the guys. I just think he's a, a okay. really good worker. Once again, I know I've hyped him up a lot for you, but like part of it too is I've seen him once again from really early in his career, and just like he's so much better now than he was, and he just works so hard that like I just I just noticed that. Um, I think and so. I think he just works hard as hell. Um, I think AJ Gray is up there. Um, Matthew he has a Justin. vicious, vicious clothesline. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and he's living in Nashville now, and everything. He's I, I've I've got to watch him live a lot. Um, and he's got a great entrance now with the Waka Flocka song and everything. Like it's the whole package. Um, uh, Matthew Justice, pretty much all those SGC guys. Um, I could say all the basically SGC is Matthew Justice, uh, Mance Warner. Manders, Effie, Alley Cat. Um, I'm missing someone in there. Um, I would say uh, Ricky Shane Page would be on the list. Uh, he's awesome. Um, probably Atticus Kogar also from 440. Both those guys from that group I think are really damn good. But like, you, but like ring work guys, like guys that are going to deliver like match of the year candidate type dudes that would be like, because that's what PWG yeah. had a lot of. Um. Trying to think, I, like, I see a lot of stuff on Casey Navarro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Casey solid. Um, I mean, if you're talking like like flippy boy stuff, I mean, not just flippy boy, but just in general, just like like guys that because they had Zack Saber Jr. in PWG, and they had a lot of. But I'm talking like guys that were like best ring workers when it came to the independence because there's characters and all that other stuff but like if yeah. you were to do like a ring okay. worker so type in the, tournament in the ring i would say i mean i still probably have cole radrick and i'd still probably have aj gray um okay. uh lee moriarty for sure daniel okay. mccabe for sure both those guys okay. are like they're the two best technical wrestlers i think on the indies if you if you're not counting guys that are signed to ring of honor because there's some okay. of them there too um because i'd say fred yeah hi also but he's with the ring of honor now yeah um, i remember him from evolve um i mean my favorite guy my on potential i've talked about matthew justice or sorry uh, joshua bishop a lot but i don't know if he'd be the best for like 
this particular type of tournament. But well, he's and you saw, that, didn't him and Cardona have a stare down or whatever? Yeah, it was awesome. I love yeah. seeing that. Yeah. Um, they well, they had they had a match. It was four on four. It was like the major yeah. squad versus. Um, uh, it was uh, Bishop, uh, West Barkley, and then uh, to infinity and beyond the tag team of uh, Colin Delaney, who y'all probably remember from WWE ECW back in the day. Yeah, um, him and uh, Cheech. But um, okay. I'm trying to think of who else. Did like, you say Daniel Garcia or whatever? Oh, Daniel Garcia. Yeah, he's awesome. Um, I mean, there's a lot of really good ones. Um, I'm just curious, like. The, who they book come August 1st, like just to see like what kind of card they try to put out. Cause I'm, I'm just curious, like what the, and, and, and that's my thing too, is like all of a sudden these guys are getting booked. If they start to hit home runs in those matches, then they're going to start to explode. Cause it's, it's a, a PWG in a lot of ways is a launching pad. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I, 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 that's a good question who they'll be. Who, who will wind up there? Like, I do think it'll be a lot of people who've gotten exposure through with GCW. I think that's going to yeah. be like a big kind of a, a hot spot because once again, like, no, not specifically for like the flippy boy stuff, but like, I mean, Jack Hartwheel and Ninja Mac and those kind of guys, yep. like, they're like PWG is going to want those guys. I agree. Um, which I agree with too. I mean, like, I like those guys. Like it's, I think that Dante Leone as well. Like there, there are guys yeah. with, um, that we're seeing more of uh, that. Yeah. They can, they could really, really do some really innovative stuff. Nice. So. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's going to be interesting to me is like when these guys start to get buzz, who gets them? AW, WWE, do they go with uh, the guys that have just been released or would they rather sign an up and comer in from the Indies? Like it'll be interesting to see how they treat things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, ex- I'm excited to see how how this all works out because there's still there's a ton of talent on the indies. It's just a matter of like how fast the progression winds up being. Because I didn't think and this is nothing against those guys. I didn't think guys like uh, Ben Carter, Blake Christian, Alex Zane, those kind of guys like were gonna get signed as like quickly as they did after that last big like group of people who got signed. Yeah, I didn't um, either. So I mean, I just the eyes are on these are on these companies now. So for sure. Um, so, yeah. And I mean, some of the people, they might have some stuff in their past. Maybe that's holding them back from being able to yeah. work certain companies. You never know a certain stuff like that. But I mean, we just saw Matthew justice. who was on AW dark recently, which I think is great. Um, you know, we're going to be seeing more and more of these, these guys and girls that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's an exciting time. And once again, I've said his name a lot, Joshua Bishop, like, I'm sticking by him as like my that dude is like my world champion of AEW like but like a while from now like if if I had to pick someone now that would be like the man like five years from now like that's that's my dude so yeah no for sure um yeah like I said it's cool um and it definitely gives you always something to look forward to when you start paying attention to the independent scene and, and all that jazz, probably Jordan Oliver too. I would think he'd probably make it. Yep. I think he'll be in, I think he's perfect for PWG, um, yep. especially because he got the tie in with Trent acid and all that. Like the fans there would eat that up, you know, like I'm it would as they should, like I'm a fan of Jordan. And the thing about Jordan too, is I've heard from people close. I've never actually talked to Jordan, but I know people that know him really well. 
And they said the kid just does nothing but smoke weed and watch old wrestling. That's all he does. <laughs> like he is just, he is, but, but, but it's, it's good to know. Like, cause he is like, just <clears throat> apparently dialed in. Yeah. One of my buddies said he was having a conversation with him the other day about like, like obscure TNA stuff from like 2003 or something like characters that like came and went super fast. Like he knew everything about everyone. Like he is, he watches, like he is a student of pro wrestling. Nice. Um, so he's a guy to get excited about. Um, same with um, his partner in MLW, uh, Myron Reed. Myron Reed's he's yeah. he, it'll yeah. be he's just a matter of time. He's another guy to be perfect for PWG. I'd say the same about Calvin Tankman too. Um, but but some of these guys are getting their chances in is in you know in MLW and stuff. Uh, but they'll probably still be able to work Bola most of them with their deals. Yeah. yeah. Um. So maybe even some ROH guys too. They <laughs> still might be able to. Yes, like if they could get Hot Sauce Tracy Williams, Jonathan Gresham, uh, pretty much that entire foundation stable, um, along yeah. with Fred Yehi, and um, um, I know I'm missing more of those guys. Um, Deppin, Tony Deppin, the TV champ. He, yeah, he he's perfect for PWG. Perfect for PWG. Um, what's the dude? Josh Woods. He's real good too. Um, yeah. you know, so they they got a lot of. Yeah, Ring of Honor, honestly, because I, I cover that for the weekender on Sundays. Also, that's a that's just a solid hour long wrestling show. Still, like the like the matches are actually still good for the most part. Um, the stories are good. There's a lot of factions now that like actually make sense. In the pay per view, it's supposed to be Deppin and Dragon Lee, right? Yeah, I think so. And that'll yeah, be. That, I mean, yeah, that should be good. And they're hyping up. Um, I don't know if you ever seen O'Shea Edwards before, but he. He's a guy that I knew from Nashville and Chad. I inter- I interviewed him years ago, and and now he's with Ring of Honor. But he's he's like a big dude, former football player guy. Um, and they're they're building up him versus Chris Dickinson. That's gonna be a banger. Like they're they're and I, you know you know Dickinson. Yep, I do. He, he's really honestly, if I had to like, if I had to, I call I talk about him on the Weekender Pod, the indie wrestling totem pole. There's like a few names that are like at that tippy top where it's like at any time, any day, like I could see them on mainstream TV. And like Chris Dickinson is like tippy, tippy top of like the whole indies for me as far as like. He seems like a guy that WWE would want. Exactly. Like he would, he is so perfect for TV wrestling, that dude. Um, in, 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 a, in a way that I don't mean is disrespectful. You know, yeah. like he honestly, like he looks the part, he's intense, he can go in the ring, like. Um, just very believable. He got screwed really bad a couple years ago, uh, or during the pandemic, because he was he was the guy who was going to be highlighted the most for the collective in 2020. He was the one who was going to have like you know 12 matches or whatever, and like all the eyes were going to be on him, and he was going to be doing blood sport and be doing all this. And like, yeah, that was his big weekend. Everyone felt like where he was going to get signed, and then the pandemic happened, and so like. I'm definitely team Chris Dickinson. Anybody who watches or wants to get into beyond wrestling, like Chris Dickinson's pretty much like the man in beyond wrestling. Um, it, it, it used to be um, David Starr, but obviously he's not um, yeah, you know, yeah, involved yeah. anymore. But, later. but you pretty much the ace of beyond wrestling since, you know, after that is, is Chris Dickinson. So. Yeah. Nice. See, I know a little bit. I don't know a lot, but I know a little bit. I can, I can uh, definitely expand my knowledge here, and I will. I'll, I'll definitely be paying attention. So, hell yeah, man! I'm excited uh, about everything just opening up. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it feels like it's been forever, but it's all going to come here in like 
boom, just an explosion. Because every weekend it's going to be something going on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to NFL coming back and yep. all that stuff, man. It is. I'm starting to get excited again about a lot of this stuff and UFC. Um, I'm not doing a watch along this weekend for Fightful because the Volkov and Gone fight just isn't just isn't enough There's interest. There's no buzz. There's no um, buzz. But like, there'll be a lot of buzz in a few weeks though for uh, the pay per view with Dustin and Connor. So I mean, like, there's there's a you know a lot of good stuff on the horizon for wrestling fans, MMA fans, for boxing fans. I mean, like, yep. I'm way more into this era of boxing than ever was. Like, I, I know it sounds it sounds bad, but like, I've ne- I'm more interested in what's happening in boxing right now because of all like the crazy stuff that I've ever been in- invested. But in honestly, boxing. just legit boxing <laughs> too. Like Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder three is a crazy fight. Uh, Manny Pacquiao versus Errol Spence is a fantastic fight. So just those two, and then you add Vitor Belfort and Oscar De La Hoya and all that. Like it's it's amazing. I think I saw something about Javante Davis fighting in Atlanta yeah, sometime fights, soon too. He fights this weekend, I think. Oh really? Okay. Maybe maybe it's next weekend, but it's coming up. Is he the dude that's in the money team with Floyd? Yes, the, and he yeah. hits like a truck. That's why he's called Tank. Oh okay, gotcha. He's an idiot. Like he's definitely a guy that's been in trouble and been caught on video like choking his girlfriend and he's definitely had some issues but he's a he hits hard he hits very hard there's one other who's the one there's another boxer really damn good oh my god but i'm not gonna think of be able to think of his name though unfortunately about what i was just trying to think if he what was going on with him but i just i can't remember his name i i if you said it, I'd know, but it's it's not worth talking about because that's like me saying like it's that one movie with that one actor. Like I just I won't be able to, you know. Um, but uh, but yeah, so yeah, combat sports, pro wrestling, everything right now. There's uh, there's a lot of good stuff going on. So yeah, but and what's we, good? What's what's next? What's today? Tuesday. So I guess like. AEW Saturday is like the next big wrestling show, I guess. So. Which is Jungle Boy versus Kenny Omega. Yeah. That, that should, should be, be good. good. Yeah. Hopefully there's somewhat of a crowd. I, I just, oh God, two more weeks. Two more weeks and this is over. Yeah. And then the June 30th show, my birthday, uh, is, is Sammy and MJF, which I definitely agree with. Like, I think that they're both up and coming over young stars. So oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, that's a good matchup. There's a lot of good stuff there. Hell yeah. It's probably a good uh, time to wrap it up. I would say so. All right, y'all. Well I'll plug my stuff real quick. Um yeah. if you want to uh, follow me on Twitter it's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Uh if you want to watch some great independent wrestling, check out that service we were talking about, IWTV.live or independent wrestling.tv. If you use code fight talk F-I-G-H-T-T-A-L-K, always one word with no space. It helps me out a lot. And um, everything else that I do this week, you know, I'll just, I just try to keep it kind of updated on my Twitter. So once again, at fight talk underscore, the next time I'll be on camera will be probably Thursday um, for the Twitch watch along for impact. Do that every, every single Thursday, twitch.tv slash fightful gaming. So join us for that if you want to watch some Impact Wrestling. It's a lot of fun. And, um, and yeah, I'll keep everything else updated. So Fightful, check out Fightful, Fightful Select, Fightful Select Weekender Podcast, all this, all the news that Sean breaks over there. And 
I'll be doing more with MMA side at Fightful soon too. Me and Sean have been talking about some stuff. So that's where to find me and uh, support me and all that stuff. So, Oh, real quick. What did you think about Ariel's uh, announcements? I was surprised to see him go back to Vox for the MMA hour. Um, what I'm still have questions about is because the way they're, the way that I understand it, I don't think he's like a, like a contracted journalist though for MMA fighting again. Mm-mm, I think not. he, yeah. So he's just getting his show back, which is awesome. Like he gets yeah. his own show back, which is great. Um, it's going to be on Mondays and Wednesdays, which is great. And he's doing like a sub stack too. That that's like on the side that that's going to go, you have to pay for it, but it's going to go directly to a charity for the first year. He said, oh, okay. He's doing that. And then, BT Sports is really where he's working for, and he's with uh, Bisping and them over there. Um, and then, like I said, he's doing the the MMA, MMA hour twice a week, Mondays and Wednesdays. I yeah. guess he said. Yep. So I mean, it's cool. I uh, I really think that honestly, he needed to do something like this to kind of regain some of his appeal because. It just kind of came across like he not sold out, but he just wasn't what got him to the dance. Like MMA hour was a huge part of that. And I think he knew that too. And he was extremely frustrated by not being able, because he keeps saying that too. He's like, I couldn't talk about the things I wanted to talk about. And I couldn't necessarily do the things I wanted to do, which is that same corporate structure. And I think it really makes people need to think like, is it worth it to stay in a corporate environment or is it worth it to kind of do your own thing? Like what more, and it might not be at first, but like in the long run, it might be worth more. Your brand would be worth more if you just stay independent and build it from there. Yeah. I think his thing was how we talk about a lot of the guys like Kevin Owens and stuff like that always wanted to be in the WWE. Ariel always wanted to work for ESPN. So he had to take the opportunity when he could, but, um, but yeah, I think him doing things independently and with B, I mean, he's still with big outlets, obviously, mm-hmm. but now he's going to have the freedom to, you know, do whatever he wants on his own YouTube channel and collab with other big YouTube channels and really do whatever you, I mean, that's what made him popular to begin with was him doing the MMA show, the MMA hour as a online radio or online podcast, basically when no one else was really doing that. And, um, but he said, like, he had the opportunity to be the post-fight interviewer for Jake Paul and Ben Askren, and, like, UFC was like, nope, not right. happening. Yeah, and that's that was a big part of the problem, too, because, like, part of his appeal also was being the guy to break news, but they were always feeding it to Akimoto or, or, yep. or giving it to just a, an entirely different outlet. But but Ariel Hawani became less and less of a newsbreaker. Yep. Um, and part of that, honestly, I think part of it is, like, I think he still has all the – all the sources he ever had, he probably has even more sources now than he did before. But it was a thing where like when he were free SPN, they were probably specifically telling him to slow his role on certain stories or to make sure that, that uh, you know, Akimoto was getting it or Raimundi or whatever the case was there. Now I think Ariel, you're, we're going to see him breaking a lot of news again, I think. And people are going to be like, wait, what the hell? Why wouldn't you doing that with ESPN? It's like, well, 
now he's probably just calling whoever he needs to directly about stuff, and he's just going to break news again on well, his own. He's not going to be in trouble where it's like, well, you didn't have the approval, and that story was given to Brett, and Dana wanted Brett to, you know, exactly it or whatever. So yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I think it's a solid move. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I honestly think he's definitely disappointed. I think he thought moving to ESPN was going to be like a lifetime move, and yep. it, that it didn't work. He's a little bum, but. He's also somewhat relieved that he gets to be who he is and and see how that goes, and we'll just we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, I'm I'm interested, and uh, like I said, the MMA hour was definitely something that was special, and I just hope that it comes across the same way as it did before. Yeah, I mean that teaser video was awesome. Like I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm very happy for him. I think it's I think it's badass that he gets his show back. I mean, I, yeah. that whole situation. Same set, so. same set, same YouTube. I mean, everything. So it's just like we're going back in time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because the Luke dope. Thomas era of the show, like nobody wanted. It was the worst. So, yeah. And he, and he like complained about it while doing it. Like, dude, the show, yeah. so there's so much commitment and getting people on. And then like <laughs> they would have the same people on that Ariel had on. And like, during the same day, yeah. Same day, like the yeah. whole thing. It's like, oh my god. Um, so yeah. Uh, did you get to plug everything you need to plug? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. Um, yeah. So I messed up and time just got away with me, and I wasn't able to do timestamps on the last video. I've still going to go back and do timestamps on that video, and I'll make sure I get timestamps done on this video. Um, and then if you guys didn't. If you weren't able to check it out, I was actually able to be on Fightful with Steven, and we did do a play-by-play for the UFC zombie fight. Um, so if you guys want to check that out, I'll uh, I'll post the link down in the description when I get a chance. And then um, just give that a like as well and uh, sign up for Fightful Select. Um, yes. It's definitely uh, – you get your news fast, and it's only $5 a month. It's not bad. Um, I definitely recommend it. And you get my uh, podcast every Sunday for the five yeah, bucks a month. The Weekender, is that what it's called? That is what it's called, Doug. And if we're going to be talking about independent wrestling, then you need to listen to The Weekender to be caught up with that. And uh, if you want to, you know, shout out, maybe not just one or whatever, but just maybe uh, as we go, definitely like recommended events or something that you want to say, like, this was good, this wasn't, whatever, um, you do that as well. But. That's on the the weekender though, isn't it? Yeah, I, I do a recommended show on IWTV every week. Okay, so yeah, there's another reason why you'd want to join. I mean, this week alone, I mean, just to give you all an example, and this is common. It's it, this is pretty, uh, pretty much like it is every week. I did. <clears throat> this is the lineup for the show this week, and I I went for uh, right right under an hour. The show's usually about an hour long. Okay, I I had um, I did a. Basically, I don't give spoilers for the recommended show because I want people to go watch it, but I did a preview and highlighted talent for the last AIW show, the one that had the major brothers and Matt Bishop or uh, Josh Bishop. And yeah. we talked about, I recapped the latest round of the MLW draft. I had results for 205 Live, NXT UK, Impact, Ring of Honor, NWA, and GCW. And I also recapped the latest being the Elite, being the Elite episode. So, I mean, you get all that within that $5 a month. And then also Alex Pulaski's Sour Graps podcast that's multiple times a week of him just shitting all over WWE programming every every couple times a week, which is great. So like you get, um, yeah, it's uh, 
it's definitely worth the money. And also really quickly, I want to shout out um, to Ringside Collectibles because I still don't have my uh, my figures. And if you happen to see this, they've been stuck in North Carolina for like four or five days now. And I really like those. So, um, yeah. I'm supposed to have mine Thursday. So we'll see how that goes. And yeah. uh, I did get my ultimates. So I'm happy about that. And uh, I'm yeah. pissed off, man, because like now my hopes are all up for a chase or a rare because people keep posting that they're getting them in our bag. Yeah, right, the Moxleys—they're getting a bunch oh, of the Moxleys. I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get those. But I know it'd be so sick. But now my hopes are all up because people keep getting chases and rares. This is my Austin. Uh, uh, yep. Let's see Austin, Austin Flair. Flair. Yep. They're dope. No, they they look great. I'm just I just can't. Oh no! Can't but like these, these. If you get these now for thirty, they're gonna be worth like a hundred or more, like a year from now. Like yeah, I can't believe how expensive these ultimates are. They're a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, I'm looking forward to getting more AW figures. I hope they're here tomorrow. Did but... you see that Darby? The Darby one with the the blue pack. The yeah, yeah, match. Yeah, match, match, yeah. Match, yeah, looks great. Do you get free shipping or do you just use the 10%? I use the 10% for Kyle. Um, okay. Because also, usually, they ship faster, too. Not, not necessarily faster, but, like, they get to you sooner. Usually, when you use the free ship code, they send them all over the place, so it takes, like, two weeks sometimes. Yeah. Um. Oh, there you go. What Muneeb said. Exactly that. Um. With code Kyle... Usually I'd get them within like three days, but these shipped on Thursday. I'll be almost at a week tomorrow. So, uh, annoying. Yeah, it is annoying, but hopefully we'll have them soon. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting. I've got empty shelf available for them so that I've got plenty of room, which is rare. So let's, uh, let's get those figures. And as you can see, I just have one more row. And once that's done, that is done. I'm excited about that. Nice. So thanks for joining, guys. If you haven't, give us a thumbs up. Also, um, if you don't mind, leave a comment below. Tell us what you liked about the chat. Tell us what you uh, want us to talk about, all that stuff. I really appreciate it. And uh, we'll catch you guys next time. I figured we live our, we live our lives a quarter mile at a time.